Full Credit to the Boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, Sonny Bill returns to Bondi, losing continues at Brisbane, and living legend John Wayne Parr swings by. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit the Boys live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, all one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend or search the hashtag police witness. Uh, you can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts. He's a man who this week was rumoured to be replacing Marty Sheargold at Nova FM. I've had offers. He was recently named in explosive tweets from Kanye relating to his wife, Kim. And tonight, he's wearing a rat's tail. Welcome, Sid. Yes, well, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, Kuma. <laughs> I told you all last week that Kanye was batshit crazy, but no one would listen to me. He went on to say last week that he was thinking of having Caitlyn Jenner as his vice presidential candidate. She's more than qualified, former. <laughs> you know, she won Woman of the Year in her first attempt. Did she? <laughs> this is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Well, bugger me dead if the first story doesn't come from the Kuma Independent. Yay. And it's, We're uh, massive in Kuma. Iconic milk bottles. Um, oh, sorry, iconic milk bottle lollies released in oak milk flavours. Uh, the pa- Penny Panthers got anything to do with this? I don't know. That's this a is question. genius idea. This is probably Gus Gould did this. Uh, a party mix favourite is getting a flavour makeover that's sure to excite the young and the old. Allen's milk bottles are being released in new oak milk flavours and they're set to hit supermarket shelves sometime in the next month. Yeah, I've uh, already got the release date at IGA. <laughs> have you? But it's uh, it's classified. Okay. Uh, has the promotional uh, stand out the front looking? Mate, I've got Cheryl on the uh, Poskas doing <laughs> up some cardboard <laughs> signs. Oh, the old Poskas. Yeah, remember the old Poskas from your graffiti days? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the flavours include... <laughs> Uh, Oak-inspired iced coffee, a chocolate malt blend, and strawberry. The new milk bottle strawberry, how long did they sit up thinking about that one? Uh, The new milk bottles will be sold as a standalone bag of lollies. The bagged lollies will be available sometime in late August or early September. August 27. Uh, And will retail for $2.99 a pack. $2.69 at IGA. Uh, cheaper if you can get them in your coat pocket. Uh, yeah, Allen's and, free for me. Allen's and Oak collaborated on new products earlier this year, releasing a range of three flavoured milks inspired by the company's classic sweets. In April, Oak released milks in Allen's Fantails, Allen's Pineapples, and Nestle Peppermint Crisp flavourings. Uh, fans that tasted all these new flavours were wondering when Oak Dog Shit and Oak <laughs> Cat's Ass were going to hit the market. 
But then they remember that Doritos have their Mountain Dew corn chip still on the shelves. Oh, what about that? <laughs> Mountain Dew is putrid at the best of times. But this is good news for me. I was going to actually ban Alan's milk bottles because they're all white mm. and uh, in these unprecedented times. Good point. But now I'll eat them. I still find Chico's problematic, former. <laughs> the word Chico, I looked it up the other day. It's Spanish for boys or kids. Problematic, shoving little brown boys in your gob. Don't get me started on jelly babies and fags. Remember we used to be yes. able to buy fags? Can't anymore. They're ruining lollies, former. The only thing I found problematic about redskins is they get stuck in your teeth. Mm. But thankfully, Allen's will now be putting out different shades of milk bottles to appease everyone, Beer Boy will be happy. He loves a novelty snack. And you have told me that um, when you do travel overseas, you love a black cat. Full credit to the boys. Next story comes from the Ipswich Times. Canadian government encourages the use of glory holes to stop spread of COVID-19. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what's going on? Are they running their policies from listening to this podcast? I don't know, but uh, the Canadian government released a 16-page document online this week on how best to avoid the spread of coronavirus after lockdown. One of its most notable tips is to use glory holes when having sex. Uh, the British Columbian Centre for Disease Control advises that when partaking casual sex during the pandemic, people should utilise barriers like walls, i.e. glory holes, that allow for sexual contact but prevent face-to-face contact. Uh, close, sorry, close face-to-face contact. Did you see that politician came out and said, I don't know about this advice. How many people have glory holes at home? <laughs> not sure she quite understands what's going on here. Uh, and... Just while we're on the topic of glory holes, Kuma, uh, home of full crew of the boys and also Australia's capital for glory holes. Uh, the, the advice gained international headlines when Toronto reporter Harry Sack uh, tweeted a screenshot of the document. Uh, the Centre for Disease and Control is recommending using glory holes to practice safe sex during the pandemic. And I just want to know if this is a common thing people have in their homes. Oh, he, there you go. That, that's the person I was talking about. Um which happily led to the term glory holes trending on Twitter. (laughs) Not for the first time. Uh, If you're confused as to what a glory hole is, Wikipedia describes it as a hole in a thin partition, such as a wall, often between public lavatory cubicles or adult video arcade booths and lounges for people to engage in sexual activity. Now, obviously, when they say a thin partition, Sid, for those of us with tic-tac dicks, nothing thicker than a sheet of tally-ho paper would be ideal. (laughs) And for those hung like, uh, well, you, Sid... You're pretty fine with a double besser block wall. (laughs) The government website also recommends wearing face covering and mask during sex, washing sex toys, really, uh, with soap and water and opting to uh, simply masturbate as you are your safest sex partner, even on a train. Yeah, I'm not sure if that advice is solid with you, but uh, (laughs) no one ever caught anything sticking their dick into a glory hole, I'd imagine. This is solid advice. Uh, I was going to say the walls would have to be paper thin for you to use a glory hole effectively, but you've already ruined that joke. Sorry. <laughs> Tally-ho thin. wasn't even thinking that thin, but yeah, it's true. But here's a tip for young players. When you're in a toilet cubicle and you see a hole in the wall, don't look in it. I know a bloke that nearly lost his eye, nearly had it poked out, and he had this weird conjunctivitis thing for at least eight months. Pink eye. The Noosa Times provide us with the next story. That's We're massive in Noosa. A woman, that's our Queensland capital, a woman devastated after star sign change 
leaves her with wrong tattoo. Whatever. A horoscope fan has been left devastated after NASA revealed a 13th star sign, leaving her with the wrong tattoo. As a proud Leo, Lauren Sanford, 24, from Worthington, had a large lion's head inked on her right shin, best place for a tat, in tribute to her star sign. It's terrible that she's devastated. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, I know this what is what the Anzacs fought for, that you could get a tattoo. Yeah. She's devastated. Poor thing. Poor but Lauren. NASA recently announced that there is a 13th star sign, Ophicus, which uh, means that the twelve other star signs have now shifted in dates. So Lauren's birthday, which lands on August 4, now falls under the star sign Cancer. She said, I'm Leo through and through. I've uh, read up about cancer, and I'm nothing like cancer. I'm more syphilis than cancer. <laughs> I got told today at work by a colleague that NASA had changed their star signs, so I looked it up and couldn't believe it. The tattoo has an intricate design of a line with flowers around its face, Sid. Uh, This is something that a Cancerian would say, really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Crazy Cancerians mixing up their star signs. Um, Lauren said when they finished their tattoo, I absolutely fell in love with it. I love lions. They're my favourite animal, and I was just over the moon that my star sign was also Leo the Lion. It suits me down to a T. Um, now NASA has chosen to include a, a new star sign, Ophicus, uh, which means the snake bearer, which, uh, has, and it's always existed, but was ignored by the Babylonians when the Zodiac calendar was created. It uh, now sits between Scorpio and Sagittarius, shifting dates from November 29 to December 17. Lauren continued, I'm definitely a Leo. I'm more creative. I have my stubborn days and I have my lazy days. I love traveling and taking holidays. I'm always out with friends. My biggest dislike is being ignored and salads and not being treated <laughs> like a person should be. I'm a Leo through and through. I'm not a cancer. I hate water unless it's fizzy. It comes in a can and has Coke written on the side of it <laughs> or even Mountain Dew. So you wouldn't see me relaxing in sort of water and I don't really like eating in front of people except for buffets. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I've, I've got a little bit more, but well, if, if you want to have a crack. Yeah, look, NASA changed it, so sucked in, Lauren. Go get a new <laughs> tattoo of a 69. I looked that up. That's the cancer one. But uh, this has affected me too, former. I've always thought I was a Libra Fleur, but now apparently I'm a Virgo. Now, Virgos are hardworking, reliable, and creative. Librans are idealistic, indecisive, and self-pitying. So I've had an upgrade. <laughs> now, I don't normally believe all the can bullshit I, NASA can just, says. Can I just say, you might need to change. <laughs> I don't normally believe all this bullshit that NASA comes out with, like all that landing on the moon crap and the science and shit. But I think they've got this one right. Well, as a man who exclusively gives astrology reports here on Full Crew of the Boys, can I firstly say, yes, relax, girls, NASA's full of shit. <laughs> Much like their moon landings, this is all bullshit. Exactly. But while we're here, Sid, yeah. why don't we do my exclusive August astrology predictions? It's coming up to the end of the month. Where'd you? August is traditionally a big month for each way punters and other desperates. Jupiter is in Saturn's ring, which puts Freddie Mercury in Queen. August will be a great month to try new things and get outside and meet new people. Not you, Victoria. So let's have a look at what August has in store for you. Aries, your tattoos are shit. Taurus, you haven't had a good haircut in 14 years. Gemini, it's time to try a new hobby, like showering. Cancer, something bad is about to happen. It's not good. Oh, gee. Leo, your car needs cooling. Virgo, Asia are watching you. 
Libra! Most of the afternoon staff at KFC know you as Tubby. Scorpio! Your old girlfriend is thinking about you quite a lot. Sagittarius! It's your constitutional right to not wear a mask. Make sure you tell everyone on Facebook. Capricorn! You should definitely start making an OnlyFans page. Aquarius! Black is slimming. Horizontal lines aren't. Pisces! You might be adopted. And that's your stars for August. Good luck to all the punters out there. NRL round 11 of 2020 and uh, we began on Thursday night when the Eels were too strong for the West Tigers winning 26 points to 16. Didn't watch it. It (laughs) What was it like? Uh, What happened? Well, well, it was fiery. It was explosive. There were blokes knocked out and sent to hospital. And in the end, the result was bullshit as the the Eels bamboozled the referees on their way to an arsy 10-point win at Wank Best Ice Rink. Uh, The game ended five tries to three, or as most fair-minded fans would view the match, eight penalties to two and three set restarts to two. Unfortunately for Tigers fans, sometimes you just have to swallow your pride, put up your hand and admit that just sometimes the best team finishes second. It was a cracking game of football. Saw both teams smash each other in slippery conditions. There's some real problems with that Wankbest Stadium surface. I'm not sure if it's getting overused or I don't know what the answer is. But five minutes into the second half, the Tigers were left with only 14 men. So it was a brave effort from the Tigers. But at the end of the 80 minutes, former, the better team won. The lead up to this game all week in the media was... All about the departure of Ryan Madison dumb, from, dumb. The, from the Tigers over summer, despite still being under contract. There are accusations and denials all played out in the media, adding to the promised spice of the traditional war played out between these two clubs. Yep. And the game started with Luciano Leilua running straight over the top of that speed-up Madison on the way to the line in the fourth minute. However... The battle between the Tigers and their former second row was quickly over when he was concussed in the 15th minute uh, after a collision with Russell Packer and took no further part in the game. It was clear straight after the impact that he was not well as Blake Ferguson held him up before being taken from the field. He's the last person you want to hold you up. He'll he'll drop you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just put your hands up above where I can see him. Uh, (laughs) If those scenes were ugly, Michael Cheekham upped the ante in a frightening vision when he was knocked out after copping an accidental hip to the head in a 26th-minute tackle on Sean Lane that left him convulsing on the ground and taken straight to hospital. That's what ended my career. Uh, Exactly the same. (laughs) Sean Lane? Um, It wasn't Sean Lane. According to the club, Cheekham was in a much-improved condition shortly before leaving the field in an ambulance. Yeah, no one wants to see a player having a fit out on the ground, but with both Madison and Cheekham, the hits were perfectly legal. Yep. And that's what happens in footy. There were HIAs galore in this one as neither team took a backward step. One thing I don't like is players staying down, however, mm. trying to milk crusher tackle penalties. Who are you talking about? Well, it's happening right across the game. I'm not signalling out anyone in particular, but I'm about to. Mainly para. There was a great passage of play in this game which involved ex-Tiger Nathan Brown and new Tiger Sean Bloor. There was a bit of push and shove from Brown trying to intimidate the debutant. The refs had a look at it, actually, and said, no, nah, no, nah, play on. Brown then took the next hit up looking for Bloor, and Bloor absolutely smashed him. Brown then stayed down for a crusher penalty. Everyone except the ref knew that he was faking. 
He got the penalty, and Brown jumped straight to his feet. In a, in a Christmas miracle. Ah, oh, it's a Christmas miracle. Then he took the first hit up and ran straight at Bloor again, who smashed him again. It was absolutely fantastic. Two absolute lunatics playing hard, trying to smash each, smash each other. It was good footy. But I don't like the milking the penalty no, that's caper. No, it's been coached at the heels. Now, if there's one thing <laughs> I love in rugby league, Sid, yeah. that's rarely seen in the modern game, it's the old chip and chase. Now, player, oh, I tweeted about this and got hammered. Players like Phil Blake, yeah. Mick Neal, yeah. Turvey Mortimer, yep. Mick Neal, were all <laughs> masters of the art as they uh, set up tries with a deft kick and regather. Uh, fast forward to this game in the year 2020, and former Tigers turnstile and our Eels superstar somehow, Mitch Moses, chipped the Tigers defensive line in the 32nd minute when he noticed Adam Dewey out of position. He collected his own kick and dived over under the post untouched. As I said, said Sid, I love a good chip and chase. This was in the top 1,000. <laughs> Mate, this was brilliant stuff from Mitch. I love it when a player sees an opportunity and backs themselves doesn't happen enough in the game at the moment, I believe. It was a great chip and chase try. They were good in this one, Para. West had plenty of injuries. I'm not making excuses. Yes, I am. But they played for the full 80 minutes again, which is what you want to see from your team. But the Eels, they're looking pretty good, former. Well, you feel it? If, uh, even if they don't win the comp this year, the Eels. They're probably the first NRL team in the league's history to have four blokes in a chance to win the gold logie. <laughs> Friday and the Cowboys. bitter than me. Normally it's me that's bitter. The Cowboys weren't strong enough going down to the Seagulls, 24 points to 12. Uh, Manly jumped back into the top eight after a brutal encounter with the North Queensland Cowboys at the COVID-free Married Relative Stadium up there in North Queensland. It was the eighth loss of the year for the Cowboys and the first under interim coach Josh Hannay, who replaced the departing Paul Green during the week. The game was in the balance before a strong second half by calling up 5'8". Cade Cust showed the class that many have been talking about him having uh, who got and got this team over the line. Cust set up a try for his captain DCE and scored another to prove he's more than a capable replacement for the injured Dylan Walker. Yeah, they had a bit of a fight in them, the cows, this week, which is good to see. Don't know if that's because Green isn't there and Josh Hannay has taken the reins, but they fought hard, hard the North Queensland side. Just before halftime, the Manly side got a bit of a roll on with Danny Levi barging over in the 27th minute. Then an incredible Levi, tackle. The jeans. <laughs> the jeans. The 501. <laughs> Is that his number on his back? That's a missed opportunity. Then it was a incredible tackle on the line, saved a certain try the from denim. Gachevsky from Manly in the 33rd minute as New North Queensland hung on. You've thrown me. <laughs> then the cows put on put one on themselves just before halftime through Kyle Felt in the 36th minute for it to be a six-point game at halftime. And the Cowboys, they were still in it then. With the game in the balance, deep in the second half, the Cowboys forward and retired Cyborg. That's right, retired. Yeah, retired. Uh, Cohen Hess bombed a certain opportunity when he chased down a deft, arsy kick. It was a deft kick. Uh, but he failed to ground the ball. As often happen, happens in cases like this, in the subsequent plays, Manly 5'8", Cade Cust darted his way over the line in the 67th minute to make them pay in a clear 12-point turnaround. Yeah, that really cruelled them former. Gavin Cooper... 
got held up over the line just after half time that could have squared it up. How good was Mr. Cooper? Hanging with Mr. Cooper. You'd love to hang with Mr. Cooper. Not you? good when I think about it. With 22 minutes to go, they nearly stopped DCE from scoring. Rather hang with Mr. Cooper than Mr. Kelly, if you know what I'm saying. But the try was given to DCE. And when the uh, retired cyborg dropped the ball over the line, it was all over as the Manly side went on with it for a hard-earned win. They actually had to earn this one. They did, yeah. And uh, they might have lost the game, but the grit and energy shown by the Cowboys, which, uh, as you just alluded to, it's been lacking this season. But yep. uh, they were probably pleased interim coach Josh Hannay. Tal Malolo ran for 200, oh, your boyfriend. 226 glorious metres. Yeah, that's pretty good. 226 stiffy and juicing metres. <laughs> and he had three tackle busts. While Francis Milo also um, played a good game for the home side. He ran for 182 metres, had two tackle breaks. After the game, DC was very complimentary about the toughness shown by the Cowboys, saying he felt his team would be just happy to get away with the two points. Yeah, we should have gone into the uh, Cowboys dressing room and addressed them. That's the thing you do nowadays. It was a hard-earned victory for the Eagles that sees them finish this round in eighth position, knocking the Tigers to ninth. But as I said last week, these are the games that Manly needs to win to get a top eight. (laughs) These are the games they need to win, Manly, to get a top eight spot at the end of the season. It was great to see, did you notice this, the mousetrap returned in this game. The Manly side played the ball. The dummy half faked the pickup and DCE swooped on it to punt the ball down the ground. It was great stuff. I love the mousetrap. Should see more of it. Friday, second game. Well, it was close and then it wasn't. When the storm... <laughs> That's a good summary right there. The storm Let's go to the next game. Blew the Broncos away 46 points to eight. At halftime, the score was 14 to eight. Uh, as the, to the Storm, as the Brisbane team looked to have turned up with a new fighting spirit. But after the break, reality struck and the Broncos were... N- uh, sorry, the Broncos never bothered the score again. As once again, that club mascot, Buck the Horse, who does a lap every time... Old fat Buck. Uh, every time the Broncos scored, he just stacked on more kilos. <laughs> uh, the Storm scored six second-half tries to once again hand the Broncos a huge loss. Incredibly, the Broncos have had 337 points scored against them this year and have had scores sorry and have scored just 142 of their wow. own points giving them the worst points differential in the comp this game was a game of two halves the first 40 minutes the broncos were right in it more to do with uncharacteristic errors from the storm than anything else but at half time down 14 to 8 they were in it mm. I don't know what C bomb said. And they to weren't. Them. I don't know what C bomb <laughs> said to him at halftime, but it was atrocious. Thirty-two unanswered points from the Storm as they smashed the Broncos. But C bomb in the press conference, he was all smiles, talking about how good the Broncos' effort was, and pretty much just ignoring that second half. Look over there. Don't look <laughs> over here. It was bizarre. They scored one try in this match in the twelfth minute, and that was it. They were flogged comprehensively, but you wouldn't know it from the press conference. I think I read on Twitter someone said this. Um, I think it was Cody. What's his name from Fox? Or Cody? Yeah, he he said, and this is a really solid point. You know how bad the Broncos are going when they celebrate this loss as not a bad loss. Yeah, in comparison to our other shit games, this was less shit. They got smoked. That's a positive. If I was a shareholder in the Broncos team. I'd be filthy. Funny you say that. Yeah. There's some wheels in motion. 
full credit of the boys about to buy some big shares in the Broncos. 46 cents a share. That's why I thought I'd sneak that in. During the week, it was revealed that former Tiger and current Storm fullback Ryan Papa Giorgio has been on loan for the, to the Melbourne team in exchange for the ghost of Adam Blair at the Tigers. <laughs> Uh, and he will be returning to the Tigers in 2021. It's exciting. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Exciting news for the Tigers fans as once again, he was best on ground in the game, according to Full Crew of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, hard-hitting Harry and his Metamucil brother, soft-shooting Sean. Papa Giorgio finished with that try to go with two tackles. That's right, two. Good two, they a, were. A try assist, 238 running metres, uh, 54 post contact, four line breaks, and nine tackle busts. And if you captained him in Supercoach, you would have got 246 <sighs> points. There is nothing I like more, former, than seeing an ex West Tigers player going well at other clubs. Not you, Ryan Madison, <laughs> but little Papa Giorgio, he's taking his chances at the Storm. Whilst he's no Billy Slater, he has made that number one jersey down there his I'm... own. He is killing it. Imagine walking into there and trying to replicate anything that Billy Slater did. But he's doing a fantastic job. He hasn't kicked anyone ahead yet. Uh, where is uh, the Give Storms? Give him time. Give him time. The Storms fullback, Papa Giorgio, really shone in this game. Anthony Milford, who returned back to fullback for the first time in 2020 for the Broncos. What a great move that was. He had a stinker <laughs> uh, as the Broncos custodian. By full time, he had run seven times for 40 metres. Wow. Two of that. Two, two tackle busts. Yeah, two, good. Two blokes need to have a look at themselves. Uh, and an error that handed the Storm their first try. And three missed tackles. They're good stats. They're quality stats. Just as the heat has been excruciating on Anthony Seabold, the Broncos' million-dollar man at the back has also attracted his fair share of critics who have questioned his fitness, his desire, and his attitude. After the game, Greg Alexander said on Fox that Milford was not having a dig and should be dropped immediately, throwing up the name Herbie Farnsworth. You'd throw up the name Herbie Farnsworth every opportunity. Absolutely. It's a I, sick name. I bring it up once a day at least <laughs> um, as a replacement for the bloke at the back. Fellow Fox panellist Kevin Walters disagreed, saying you shouldn't be replacing a bloke if there's no one better to go back into that position. While the other panellist on the um, on the Fox panel, Corey Parker, said something, but immediately 25,000 TVs changed their channels. Yeah, I don't know if anyone has the answers for Brisbane's woes, including Corey Parker. I didn't hear what he said. I switched over to the project when he was talking. <laughs> but they, they tried something new this week, the Broncos. After getting caned by the Tigers last week, they switched Milford from half to f- uh, to fullback and they dropped their winger, Izarko. <laughs> they, like, they hate wingers up there. Mate, when you get pumped by 50 over and over again, you tend to find it's the winger's fault. So no one knows what to do up there at the moment except... Corey they're, Parker, they're, apparently. <laughs> well, who knows what he said. Uh, uh, what they're doing up there is just accepting mediocrity and... They just turn up the press conference and say, no, that was pretty good. It's pretty good. We, I'm happy with that. We had, Brady Croft was ecstatic after the game, said we really gave it to him for 40 minutes. Yeah, they, they had three sets of six that they were competitive, so and, that's an improvement. for 40 minutes, we didn't. I <laughs> uh, just thought of a business it's idea. ridiculous. If Corey Parker listens to the show, I'm sure he does. If Corey Parker could read out super coach stats, that would be a good thing to go to sleep oh, to every they'll night. They'll probably do that. Uh, Saturday. And the Warriors weren't good enough to go, but uh, gave a, a good account of themselves going they down to the indeed. Roosters, 18 points to 10. Now, despite being down 10-6 at halftime, the Roosters overpowered the Warriors in the second half to beat them at a wet single mother stadium. Are you? That's a wet, comma, single mother stadium, <laughs> not a wet single mother stadium. 
You know uh, what I mean. I'd go to that. In, in the end, I was there. Uh, <laughs> in the end, it was three tries to two to the Roosters, who did as many good teams do and found a way to win. Uh, it took 52 minutes for the Sydney team to find the lead, and after that, they held on to collect the two points. Yeah, the Warriors, they were good in this one. They opened the scoring, held up the Roosters over the line twice in the first half and once in the second. They went into the break up 10-6. They fought the hard the whole game, the Warriors, but the Roosters just wore them down with their team that's miles over the salary cap. And they got the two points in the end, the Roosters. Anthony Seabold said if that was a Broncos performance, there probably would have been a ticker tape parade for them. <laughs> uh, perhaps the most telling stat out of this game was the metres gained by each forwards pack. The Warriors had just one big man run for more than 100 metres, Tavita Harris while the Roosters had four of their pack make 100 metres or more. Given the overall metres for both teams were only separated by 200 metres, yeah. it's clear the backs are the ones doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, for the Warriors. Yeah, the stats overall for this game were pretty even. Both sides had completion rates over 80%, which is good. Missed tackles were pretty even. The Warriors had two line breaks to one for the Roosters. They dominated the Roosters in offloads 10 to 2. But the Warriors, here it is, had 14 errors to seven mm. and just weren't good enough to create chances and convert them. And the Roosters are too good across the park due to their salary cap. You've just <laughs> got to take your chances against them. And whilst they fought hard, they just didn't take their chances, the Warriors. Roosters prop, Jared Warrior Hargraves, has always been an intimidating presence on the field. However, soft cock. He's on, a soft cock. However, on Saturday night... He was met head-to-head -head in the intimidation stakes by lone forward Jack Hetherington, who refused to take a backward step to the JWH all-game. My new hero, Jack. Uh, the two came together in the latter stages of the second half as Weir Hargraves hit the ball up uh, before being tackled by Hetherington. The pair then got into a tussle as play continued, and it was far from over as the Roosters' hardman ran straight at Hetherington on the very next set. Do you love it now that they can't fight? They just sort of push stop, each other no. and they just grab each other. But Hetherington grabbed him by the ears. He put his <laughs> hand on both sides of his head and grabbed him and thought, what do we do now? Nobody quite knew. Uh, it all threatened to spill over after Hargraves got up in Hetherington's grill after the final try of the game to Joey Manu. And at full time, Warrior Hargraves wanted no part of Hetherington after the game when the Warriors forward went to shake his hand. Warrior Hargraves shook hands with every other Warriors bloke on the ground but had a few choice words for Hetherington and not much else. Not you, Hetherington. The 24-year-old uh, then went to put his arm around Warrior Hargraves to uh, try and uh, ease the tension. But the Roosters prop was in no mood for an embrace or a cuddle. Yeah, look, much like the uh, Brown and Bloor show in the Para versus Tigers game, this was two forwards going at each other all game. It's great to see Hetherington in his 19th first grade game on loan this year to the Warriors from the Panthers. And he's not using the time simply racking up first grade games. He did not take a backward step when Warrior Hargraves went at him. But it is a dog act. That's correct. A dog act not to shake a player's ha hand after the game. When the Grub and Luttrell had their running battle, after the Grub kicked someone in the face and Whatever. was totally misunderstood, they shook hands, they hugged. Lucky that didn't happen in soccer, but... They, oh, that'd be <laughs> terrible. But uh, at the end of the game, they hugged, they shook hands, they had a bit of a circle jerk. <laughs> then Reynolds... Reach around. Then Reynolds, after the game, keyed Latrell's car in the car park. That's <laughs> that's how you deal with these things. You shake hands after the game and then worry about it later. What's worse, 
Not shaking a bloke's hand after a game. Yeah. Or staying down and pretending you're hurt and then getting up like it's a Christmas miracle the moment the penalty's pulled. You know what? Both are equally as bad. There should be fines for that. And uh, and arguing with the ref. The ref's not going to change his mind. If it's not a captain's challenge, piss off. Don't argue. Three things that are my bugbears. The second game on Saturday. Oh, you're moving on quick, aren't you? Sharks. It's another bugbear of mine. Just beat the Dragons 28 points to 24. It was a tight battle that went all the way to the full-time whistle. But the Sharks finished with five tries to four against their mortal enemies uh, after it was 22-14 at halftime. And despite the Dragons having the better of the halves in the second 40 minutes, the Sharks withstood the final 20 minutes as St. George threw everything at them, including the kitchen sink, but couldn't come away with a win. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy, but the first Dragons try, it was from a barge over. Their second try was from a kick, albeit a cracker of a try from Lomax, kicking for himself. Their last try to this fella... ...was also from a kick, but the turning point for me was in the 44th minute, a try to this fella... You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Aaron Wood scored a try. (laughs) He didn't mess up. He just barged over, giving the Sharks a 14-point lead. I can't remember the last time A.A. Ron scored a try. I think it was... No, that's the postcode he's got on his bump, doesn't it? <laughs> it was an amazing effort from him, but a very piss poor effort from the Dragons to let him score. Uh, the Dragons fought back late. A bomb try from this fella. Oh, yeah. And a late Hail Mary from Saab didn't work. It was all too late for the Dragons. They let this one slip. It was another big game from Zach Lomax, um, according to Full Crew at the Boys, Backyard Saslab, Food Poisoning Pete. And his sicko brother, food fucking Phil. Uh, the once shunned Zach Lomax had a, a try-scoring double as well as kicking four from five the boot, uh, with the boot to go along with 13 tackles, a try assist, 98 running metres, uh, a line break and three tackle busts. Yeah, he was great in this game, especially that kick through for his solo try, as was oh, yeah. two players that have found some form this year even though they were, they were much maligned, on the outer, shall we say. On the yeah. All the forwards for the Saints ran for 100 metres or more in this game, except Cam McGuinness, who can be forgiven because he made 68 tackles Jesus. with only one missed tackle. They actually fought hard, the Dragons, in this game. Everyone's going to be talking about, and I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about it in a minute, what happened in the ninth minute. But they could not peg back that lead they gave away to the Sharkies. And the Sharkies, I think, deserve the win. Absolutely. After the game, Mary McGregor was livid in the press conference about a try given to the Sharks in the ninth minute, despite the head-on footage showing clearly that Matt Dufty grounded the ball before uh, Cronulla's Jack Williams from Cooma got his hand on it. And I think it was quite clear. McGregor said in the press conference, pretty clear, right? How do they keep getting it wrong? And who was accountable? And that was the difference. To be honest, in some ways, he was 100% correct, Sid. Uh, it was a it clear, was a poor decision. It was a clear no try. Uh, and that was backed up when the bunker officials, uh, Steve Clark and Ben Galea, had been axed on Saturday night from the Titans-Panthers game to be played on Sunday and replaced by Jared Maxwell and Brian Norrie. Ghislaine Maxwell. But also, <laughs> to be fair, the try, or no try, depending on how you look at it, was in the ninth minute of the game. Totally agree. Now, good teams overcome bad calls like that, particularly... Uh, that early in a game. If this was in the 71st minute 
Well, the 79th minute, I'll go with it. Yeah. But this is the ninth minute. Exactly. If you cannot overcome a poor decision in the ninth minute, then, mate, you might want to look at your team's resolve yeah. more than you want to talk you, about you, how bad the bunker went. You said to me earlier, I can't remember a press conference where Cameron Smith blamed the result on it, something that happened within the first 10 minutes of the game. No. I totally agree with you. It, it was a blunder from the bunker. A terrible blunder. Cooper Cronk came up with a good idea. <laughs> when the bunker rules on a decision and gets it wrong, like this one, Cooper Cronk says you should be able to challenge the decision. I'm not sure how that works, Cooper. Do we have a second bunker or do we all just take a seat and appeal it to the high court? I'm not sure what we I do. I we go back to when we were playing footy at school. Hands on heads. Nah, nah. Bad call. Hands on heads, boys. Like, shit happens. And unfortunately, it didn't go the way of the Dragons. But I just want to make mention of Royce Hunt for the Cronulla Sharks. Rhyming in, slang. In this game... He only played 28 minutes. He ran for 207 metres. Jesus. Had one line break, three tackle breaks, and two offloads. Amazing stats. Solid. Um, Well, the final game on Saturday night, and it was a cracker. With the Raiders, it was. I wasn't expecting it to be this good in the wet. Raiders too good for the Bunnies, winning eighteen points to twelve. The Raiders overcame some injuries and a cold, wet night to beat the Bunnies in a tough battle at GM Cold Stadium. Uh, the two teams were barely separated all night, but the Raiders ground their way to a win, sending South out of the top eight. The Bunnies were up at half time by two points, but failed to score a point in the second half. While the Raiders scored a try in the 57th minute through Fijian Flyer, um, put a trademark on that, Semi Valami, uh, to take the lead that they never handed back. The win comes at some cost, though, with fullback Charles Nickel Clockface uh, suffering a gruesome finger injury um, that will surely see him miss a number of weeks. Yeah, well, soon to be Bulldog Nick Kotrick justified his 600,000 odd justified. a year. Not sure he justified it. Yeah, for a winger. <laughs> As he opened the scoring in this one, it came from a tap back from Rapana that saw Kotrick bat the ball back via a header, soccer style, and then scooped up the ball to run past Cody Walker and score in the corner. It was a, actually a great set play that the Raiders have been working on all week with former Socceroo Tim Cahill. As a coasting, coaching masterstroke from Ricky, the Raiders went up 10-0 through a try from Croker. Good handling in the wet. Mm. But the Bunnies... Then scored two in a row to level the game up. It was a lucky try to aforementioned Fijian flyer, Semi Valamai. Trademark, mate. uh, To winger Semi Valamai to break the deadlock in favour of the Raiders. The flying Dutchman. (laughs) But the, uh, (laughs) the Bunnies had a number of chances to steal this one. Burgess went agonisingly close to scoring. So so too did Reynolds. A great game-saving tackle from Rapana stopped him and the Raiders held on and it's a crucial win for them staying in fifth place. And as I mentioned last week, the bunnies to make the eight need to win those games that they're in it, but they didn't. And mm. now they're out of the eight. Not convinced by the bunnies. There's a few teams there that need to jag these. Once again, Raiders big man, Josh Papali'i, uh, led from the front, according to full credit, the boys backyard stats lab, throat choking, choking Charlie. And his pervert brother, Scrote Choking Chester. Uh, The big man finished with 35 tackles, 161 running metres, 60 of those post-contact, and three tackle busts. Not as good as Royce Hunt, but he's (laughs) having a great year. Papali'i, 
Remember in 2017 when he called the cops on himself for drink driving? <laughs> good times. They were good days. But Papali'i's stats this game are enormous. He averages – no, this year. He averages 161 metres per game this year, 17 runs per game, two and a half tackle bus per game, and a line break every second game. All of those stats are well above last year. Interesting, though, he has – halved his offloads this season from last. Interesting. So it seems Ricky has told him, just run hard, don't offload as much, don't give yourself up to the coppers when you drink drive, <laughs> and you will have a good season. And he is. Two of the Raiders' three tries featured some fairly spectacular handling, particularly given the wet and greasy conditions. In the yes. first half, Jared Croker scored with a miraculous pickup on the fly of a grubber kick two metres out of the line before diving over. But that effort was bettered by the aforementioned Fijian flyer, trademark, Semi Valamai, who scored his first NRL try by snatching a ricocheted Elliot Whitehead, that's right, Elliot Whitehead grubber, mid-air and dive over the line to plant the ball down. Yeah, both sides had a completion rate of 76% in wet conditions, which is amazing. Handy, yeah. It was a good game of footy. And as I said last week, teams like Souths need, need to jag a win or two against the top teams to, to secure a spot in the eight. And they had their chances in this one, but they weren't quite good enough. It was a good win for the Raiders. Uh, Sunday and the Knights, well, they weren't good enough. And they went down to the Bulldogs 18 points to 12. What a shock. It was a horror afternoon for the Knights. They were beaten by the favourites for the wooden spoon. And they lost gun hooker Andrew McCulloch for the rest of the year to a severe hamstring injury. And then Connor Watson with an Achilles injury. Uh, the Knights dropped out of the top four and played like a team that won't be back there anytime soon. At one stage, trailing 18 points to nil before a mini revival sparked some hopes of a comeback. But the Dogs hung on to a deserved win, their second of the year that leaves them within a win of all the Queensland sides and the Warriors in a hope of avo- avoiding the wooden spoon. Yeah, they look to be in a bit of trouble, the Knights, after this one. They uh, let the chance to stay in the top four slip. They would have expected to win this game but they just made too many errors, 13 in all. The Knights also, I thought this was a telling stat, the Knights kicked for 670 metres. Now, normally I'm not a fan of the kick metres stats, but in wet conditions, they kicked for 670 metres compared to nearly 1,200 metres for the Bulldogs. Jesus. And in wet weather, kicking the kicking game of the halves Very is important. crucial. They fought back late being down 18-0, but it was a deserved win for the Dogs. Good to see. It really was. Now, Aidan Tolman had his best game in over a year for the Dogs, according to Full Crew the Boys, Backyard Stats Lab, right-hooking Harry and his busy sister, night-hooker Hillary. Uh, Tolman scored a try. That's right, a try to go with 35 tackles, 181 running metres, uh, a line break and two tackle busts. You're often uh, quite critical of the forwards for the Bulldogs. Mm. Yeah. This year, we have said over and over again, they try hard. Mm. But that was a good good game from Tolman. Absolutely was. Mate, I'll tell you who I like. I like that Luke Thompson. Yeah. He looks like a player, mate. He is. The... I hate to sound like a Nasta. He looks like a player. <laughs> well, that's lucky. <laughs> He's built for origin. Let's not go that far. He's a pom. Numbers but, right. Uh, this is what's always going to happen with these teams. They're going to be linked with everyone. And any signing that they do is going to be open to ridicule to mm. see. But he does look like a oh, good mate, purchase. He's handy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good to see. Uh, They're the, on the up, the doggies. 
Uh, there were congratulations all around for the Bulldogs interim coach, Steve George Alice, who scored his first win as a coach of Canterbury after taking over from Dean Pay a fortnight ago. Now, after watching his maiden win get snatched away last week against the Dragons, the fill-in coach was all smiles after the game and praised his side's effort, particularly in such trying conditions. The Dogs were error-free in the first half, Sid, completing 22 from 22. Yep. It's an extraordinary stat given the teaming rain that... Uh, it was piercing down. Yeah. Uh, that up until the game they'd won, and uh, sorry, and up until the game they'd won one game all year. Now George Arles, don't forget, first coach, first grade for the Panthers back in 2011, when he ha- had a record of four wins and seven losses after taking over from the departing Matthew Elliott. Yeah, I've actually met uh, Georgie a few times. On top of being an absolute champion bloke, he got given that little opportunity at Panthers, and now he's been given an opportunity again. And it was good to see that he got his first win. He they, was they were genuinely close. happy too. And they were close last week, like you say, against the Dragons. Yeah. But, well, uh, they should have won, really. A kick, but, kick to the face of Cam McGuinness nearly killed him. But it's good to see. The, uh, the Dogs did play an error-free game of footy, finishing with a completion rate of 39 from 44 sets. That's 89%. Now, whether... This style of footy was by design or they just don't know how to rugby league. It doesn't matter. In the wet conditions, it was a perfect ploy. Simple, mistake-free football that got him home in an upset. It had new dogs coach George Arla smiling, like you just said. But Knights coach Adam O'Brien, he was filthy. Oh, windscreens. Saying that he felt sorry for the Knights fans sitting out in the rain having to watch that shite. And uh, he, he was Quite brutal. The, the Knights have got injuries, but Adam O'Brien, he's not copping it. I hope he's around for a while as Adam O'Brien because I think he's really warming to losing his mind in press conferences. Yeah, it's good to see. Uh, and the final game uh, of round 11 saw the Panthers. Well, their attacking prowess was on display for all to see, winning uh, 22-14 against the Titans. Penrith, nine wins and a draw. Uh Oh, sorry, Penrith finished on nine wins and a draw to be on 19 competition points, and it's their best start to a season through 11 rounds. To add further credibility to the Panthers' win on Sunday, they fielded the team with the least experience of any team in round 11 in the NRL. Interesting. The Panthers retained the competition lead with 22 points to 14 win over the Titans, but not before the home side made them earn it with a gritty fight back full of character. Yeah, they were under strength in this one, the Panthers, but they shot out to a 10-0 lead through some great attacking plays down the right-hand side defense of the Titans, scoring tries down that side through Mansour and Crichton. But then the Titans got one back, a 92-meter runaway try to Titans halfback Jamal Badmoon Rising Fogarty. (laughs) It was 16-14 to the Panthers until the 62nd minute when watchmaker and part-time winger Malachi Watine Zelezniak scored. A good performance from the Titans, but the Panthers march on. That's six in a row, and they sit atop of the ladder with a pretty good draw. Their next four games are all winnable until they face the mighty West Tigers, but they just keep winning the Panthers. Well, during the week, there was a story in one of the papers about Panther Isaac Yo, one of the, this show's favourite players, actually, yeah. possibly pushing into origin contention this year. And on Sunday, he gave that story a further kick-along with an absolute cracking game. The big bloke from Dubbo led from the front and was ultimately the difference between the two sides. He finished with eight runs for 139 metres, three tackle busts, a line break, 28 tackles, and a try of his own in an absolute superb showing. Yeah, he was enormous in this one. Former 
The no, pan- he's the same size last week. The Panthers were under strength in this game and have a whole bunch of players in the rehab group. Listen to this list. Kikau, Tedovano, Fare, Coruscant, Dylan Edwards, Capewell, and this fella. Panthers winger, Brian T- Don't do the dance. They're all doing? out. Why are you doing the dance? I love that dance. But they keep on winning the Panthers, mostly through good attacking football, I found. Well, it was a hard loss for the Titans uh, to take because they were really competitive in this game. And, they uh, were. They made the ladder leaders play hard for the entire 80 minutes. Now, since the COVID-enforced break in the season, the Gold Coast team have returned with a bit of a steal in their resolve. They've won a few games against the Tigers, the Warriors, and the Broncos, and they've given themselves every chance against a couple of the uh, heavyweights of the comp. With the announcement of some new signings uh, and the departure of Instagram doctor Bryce Cartwright, there are some reasonable signs at the Gold Coast team. New coach Justin Holbrook has a hell of a mountain to climb, but it seems his no-nonsense approach might be the tough love the Titans need. Yeah, I found it interesting that in the commentary on Fox that they said the Titans' good performance this week was due to the fact that they signed Fafita for next year. <laughs> I don't know how one plus Never one equals that seven. That's ridiculous. But they are a team on the up, and it was good to see them put in a good performance and have a red-hot go this week. There's a little bit of news, but not a lot of news around at the moment. And uh, Roosters coach Trent Robertson expects Sonny Bill Williams to be on a flight bound for Sydney as soon as next week. Roosters chairman Nick Politis and Williams' longtime manager Coda Nasser are ironing out the finer details of a deal that will deliver the cross-code superstar back to the club where he won a title in 2013. Uh, the Roosters are set to sign SBW for, get this, Sid, $150,000. Oh, <laughs> the NRL shock. The NRL salary cap auditor, Richard Gardham. And part-time employee from the Roosters. <laughs> um, you want him doing your taxes. Has been forced <laughs> to step in to adjudicate the market value of the dual code international. And the Sydney Morning Herald reported that that figure will be set at around $400,000. Okay. Uh, but since the two-time NRL premiership winner will probably only be in Sydney for five months at the most, the actual salary they'll fork out will be a measly 150000 while that won't include financial assistance, the Fairfax report writes the estimated 150000 salary is almost exactly the amount of salary cap uh, the club has at its disposal, largely thanks and miraculously to the departure of Cooper Cronk and Latrell Mitchell last year. So he's been assessed as being a 150000 player and somehow the Roosters have exactly 150000 under their salary cap. Yeah. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Look, I'm not saying that the Roosters get favourable treatment or that they're over the salary cap. I don't know. And that is the problem, Former. All NRL contracts should be published and transparent. Otherwise, every time something like this happens, there is a perception by fans that the comp have has the haves versus the have-nots. The NFL do it. All of the contracts are publicly available. I don't understand why the NRL can't do it. I just think that this is... I think you're being very harsh on the Roosters. I'm actually going easy because as we know, on the whole thing. It's just... What a coincidence. 
Let's talk about contracts with David Fafita signing a $3.5 million three-year contract at the Titans. Uh, Fox Sports have highlighted the players who surprisingly aren't in the top 100 earners of the NRL. Currently, David Fafita is around 116th on the list, but he'll rocket up that list, let me tell you, uh, as he stares at a million-dollar pay rise each year. Both Josh and Brett Morris have been in phenomenal form for the Roosters, but are both on wages below 300000 for the season. Oh, can win oh, uh, They not, took less money to go to the Roosters. Not sure how much Bitcoin they're getting, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the other name that uh, is unlikely to appear outside the top 100 list next year, but is right now, is Melbourne Dynamo, Brandon Smith. The young Kiwi contracted at Melbourne until the end of 2022, came in at 114 uh, on the list at $400,000 for the year. Mm-hmm. Other notable names to miss the cutout of the top 100 players uh, include New South Wales Origin and Broncos forward Payne Haas, yeah. Raiders forward John Bateman, uh, coming in at $475,000 or at around, I think, 105th. Um, They're but valuable. There's a couple of others rates. of note. Uh, Kotrick is at 450 at the moment. Not he's, anymore. He's going to get the a pay rise. Jai Arrow at the Titans is on 450. He's at 107th. Uh, Brody Croft is at 108th at 450,000. And if we look at Sonny Bill Williams, if he was on a full year's wage, he would currently be 113th and not even in the top 100. What a coincidence. I don't know what to make of Sonny Bill Williams. He's old and he's not been playing top line footy. I'm actually not as mad as you think I am. Like, it's ridiculous that he can just waltz in to the Roosters at 150 grand when that's exactly what they've got under their salary cap. Oh, but I actually would not be chasing Sonny Bill Williams, so uh, I don't really care. Some of those players that you talk about, it's very interesting. Um, but I'd love to see every player's contract be readily available because those those numbers that you rattled off there, mm. they make interesting reading. Uh, like, like, absolutely. Like how much... But at the end of the day, that's just a journo's... Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like it should be readily available. This should be registered with the Rugby League and these figures should be out there. Like how much is a winger worth? How much is Kotrick now, who's a bargain buy at 450 and now goes to Canterbury at over 600... Is that good in comparison to other wingers? Josh Adokar, how much is he on mm. compared to Kotrick? Is this good management with the $3 million war chest that Canterbury have? Is it good spending, spending over 600000 for Kotrick? I get it that he might move to the centres or play elsewhere. Do you think I what, want what, this what, what you... all to be laid out so that we can, as fans, can look at it or, not only for transparency in how much clubs are paying and how they justify their salary cap spending, but also to see the player movement. Because so many times, like this whole list that you just rattled off, these people are outside the top 100. There's speculation. Is this worth it? Is this even what they're getting paid? Oh, who knows? I want this all to be transparent. What do you think is um, – let's just talk about wingers just quickly. What's the most you'd pay for a winger, you reckon? Well, see, this is another issue that I have a problem with. I don't think – Players saying, I want to go, like Inglis, for example. Yep. Sorry, Latrell Mitchell, for example. Okay. 
I want to go and play fullback and get paid what a fullback's worth. I think that whole argument is stupid. I don't think you can say a fullback is worth this much, a half is worth this much, a centre's worth this much. I think when you look at a roster and if you have some of these bargains, then so one club could pay a little bit more mm. for a fullback or a centre because that's the position they need to so, to enhance and maybe they've got bargain deals for the next couple of years on other positions. I don't think a position dictates the amount that you should get paid. It's just that I remember when uh, Rad Radra was looking at leaving, well, ultimately did leave uh, Parramatta, they were saying that a million dollars a year would have kept him at the club. And then there were people saying, well, that's insanity. You wouldn't pay a million dollars for a winger. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not well, sure. Like, I, I look at... Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Like you, he, you he, are, you especially are pitching... in the way the, the, the game's been played right now. Mate, if you look at where tries are scored on the field... That's right. And there's heat maps that show that's, you exactly That's exactly where. what I'm saying. And a, a winger's a bloody important position. And a bloke like Radradra, if, if you can afford to pay him a million dollars, it's Radradra. It's Latrell Mitchell. The it's flying it's, it's players that bring Tra- so trademark. much... Brings so much more to your club. Defining how much each position is worth, I think, is ridiculous. Mm. I don't. I don't agree. It's interesting. Like I, I think you pay more for premium positions. I, I think halves. If you've got a gun half, remember a few years ago. What's worth there more, were, a gun half or a gun second row? Well, you see, a few years ago there were there were no halves. The mm, halfbacks. Well, there's still only six. And halfbacks were at a premium. Yep. So, Saint George went and paid a premium for a half because everyone was saying you need you need need to pay big dollars for a half. Mm. I don't think they got value for Hunt. And you, you not, if not you sure had, the environment's ideal there. <laughs> but, but but all things considered, like if you bring in if you nurture a young half and you spend big money on Latrell Mitchell playing center and Rod uh, a big price winger yep. and you build a team, I don't think the position dictates the price. Yeah, see, I, I still think there is something in it. But I actually think wingers these days are a very important position, a very important position. Absolutely. Um, like, and if you've got uh, a semi, which I usually do have a semi. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> but if, you, if you've got like a, a Rad Radra or... Uh, uh, who else you, have we got? That's, uh, that's really what I'm saying, good. though. It's Vainavala, not... Uh, 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 it's Vunavalu. Vunavalu. Sh- sorry. I was just looking at Vainakala. Um, <laughs> Vaina, Vunavalu. you got blokes like that. Another fly in Fijian. Um, or Addo Carr, even, who's a speed machine. In this day and age, those guys are very important positions. More important than they ever have been, which upsets me as someone who doesn't like wingers, traditionally. Um, so I think... I don't know whether a million dollars is good value for someone like Semi Rad Radra. But if someone had have paid that, I probably would have went, yeah, I can see what you were doing. But that's the whole thing with the NFL. You can go and look at the roster, yeah, I get how that. much that they've got I to get spend, yeah. where they've spent it. And when the performance on the field is lacking in the halves and you look at their roster and they, they're spending not much money on halves and they've got flashy players outside them, but it's not working on the field, mm. that is quite readily available for supporters, sponsors, fans, everyone to look at 
and to make that judgment. We're just guessing on all these figures. Oh, absolutely. And the day that the NRL changes that will be a great day, in my opinion. Do you think, say, Nick Kotrick's getting 660 or something, I think, at the Bulldogs next year? Is 660 on the wing or 660 in the centre any different in your mind? Do you think one's a good buy, one's a bad buy? Do you think there's... Or do you think your argument is it doesn't matter the position, it matters the player? Absolutely, that's my argument because he's going there and whether he plays on the wing or centre, mm. this whole thing, we've got a $3 million war chest. They don't didn't even have a coach mm. a few weeks ago and they're coming stone cold motherless last. They need to attract players. Oh, I totally and, agree with and that. And in the same week that they attract a new coach and a scout from Canberra, yep. then that... That is money well spent. It's not a million dollars. It's six hundred or thousand. That, to me, that says people want to come come here. You can build it around a winger or a center at that dollar. See, I don't think but, that's overs for Cotri. No, I I agree. Do you think it's overs for um, old mate? But if Cotri if Kotrick said I will move to the Bulldogs if you give me the fullback position and I want to be paid eight hundred thousand to be a fullback. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Then the whole business model is out the window. Well, Dave Taylor had that business model when he was dealing with the Broncos at one stage. What about for David Fafita? Is that a lot of money for him? Three and a half million for three years? Yes. Value? No. No, because he's at the beginning of his career. He, I think there's a lot at play there with him. He, The Broncos is a sinking ship right now. Mm. Anyone... That would go. Do you think it's linked to him not wanting to play under the Seabold coaching? I, I don't know if it's Seabold or I whatever. Don't, I don't but, think that's. But I'm... it's it's a culture at the moment that they've got a problem at the Broncos. They've got a whole bunch of players that they've they've invested in, thinking that this is our long term plan, mm. and the place has turned to shit. If mm. someone came to me and said, "Mate, you're only a pup. Here's over a million dollars a season to go down the road." His next contract, he'll be 23 or 24 as a forward. He's got plenty of years. I would be straight out the door taking that money. It's interesting arguments on Triple M on Sunday. Uh, Gordon Tallis was saying that the money wasn't that different between the Titans and the Broncos. But then you had Lockyer come out and say, well, we went to 880. Yep. They went to 1.3. That is a big difference. I would have thought half a million dollars a year is significant. That is a big difference. He's saying, but... Uh, Talis is saying the Broncos never miss blokes they want to keep and they're starting to miss blokes they want to keep. Yeah, but they've also invested in a lot of these blokes. Uh, that's that, the thing. That I, all, I agree, mate. They're all going to increase in value. I feel like there was a lot of... Um, Their whole policy is now flawed because people are going to walk out the door. I think and, there was a lot of Broncos bashing the media over the week and it was all another opportunity to have a red-hot crack at... To, um, totally agree with that. At Seabold. I mean, yeah. Hoops didn't miss him a couple of times. And I'm thinking, oh, mate, you're looking for a reason... Absolutely. ...to have another crack. Kicking them while they're down, mate, it's not a good headline Whether for you me. love your coach or you don't love the coach, if, if a team is going to give you half a million dollars clear cash extra a year... I know where I'm going. Absolutely. Especially and, at 20. And whether that's the right decision for the Titans or not, but... Well, they've got as, a history of signing million-dollar players that's yeah, gone ass up. So. But as the commentator said this week, it was an improved performance by the Titans because they signed for FIDA for next year. Very but, new angle. I've it, never heard that before. But. It remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, this, this whole thing, I, again, I go back to the point when it's all transparent and it's all there then we can have a more informed discussion on this mm. because we actually know the facts. All of it is media-driven, 
manager we, driven. Yeah, that's the other problem. Agenda driven, and it just creates too much speculation for me. It's been a big week for the Bulldogs, Sid, and uh, they've had two significant signings in the past week. They've confirmed that current Bulldogs, oh, sorry, Bull, current Panthers linchpin, uh, Trent Barrett, will join the club for three years as a coach. He's in charge of the attack out there. That's a good signing. While also partnering with the family of uh, one of Australia's biggest pub barons, Canterbury's new major sponsor is Laundie Hotels, the pub empire run by a multi-million dollar family patriarch, Arthur Laundie, uh, along with sons Stu and Craig. Of course, Stu was hooked up with Sophie Monk there for a sta- yeah. stage of his luck. Arthur, Arthur Laundie is a lifelong Canterbury Bankstown supporter who has long admired the way Sydney Roosters kingpin Nick Politis has transformed the tricolours into the NRL equivalent of Manchester United. The family owns more than 60 venues along the eastern seaboard, including the Manly Pacific, the Sofitel at Noosa, Crown Plaza, Terrigal, Northies. <laughs> what a low <laughs> joint. Uh, the Watson's Bay Hotel. Nice joint. Mona Vale Hotel and the Twin Willows at Bass Hill. Good I've been joint. to the Twin Willows. I've Not been kicked joint. out of there a few times. Yeah, it's great. Look, we all know, we all knew that this would happen. At the end of 2020, the dog's salary cap woes would be somewhat out of the way. They're getting a new coach, a new Ford, Luke Thompson. Yep. That's going well. A new front of jersey sponsor that they needed. They didn't have one. It's talked that they're talking uh, to two blokes, Curtis Scott, which... Mm-hmm. And Jack Bird. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, but they're on the up, the Bulldogs, and the club... In this high time, they're having a great time. They've approached me to do a new theme song. Oh, excellent news. Yeah. I hope so, it's not repetitive. No, it's um, it's in the working stages, but uh, let me just play it to you right now. Great Yaz, who yeah. uh, who I must say carried the plastic population for years. It's uh, it's a work in progress, but the only way is up for the doggies, and they're heading in that right direction. Johnson, the step for the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports news. AFL and the GWS Capsule Giants. Beat Richmond by two goals to exact revenge from last year's very tight grand final loss. Meanwhile, the Sydney Swans beat the once great Hawthorne Hawks by seven misses. <laughs> yeah, well, as you know, former, I don't watch a lot of AFL. I'm not sure if our listeners would catch on to that. But uh, I caught a bit of this over the weekend. And uh, this was the commentary in the AFL game. Can someone please explain to me? What's going on? I don't understand the rules of this game, but please tell me what the commentator's talking about here. So good at that ramp. Just being able to suck off the play at the right time, get himself in a position where he can get on the end of it. Just replay that again, sorry. So good at that ramp. Just being able to suck off 
the play at the right time, get himself in a position where he can get on the end of it. I don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden I'm keen to have a game of AFL. Yeah, what is a good time to suck off an opponent? I don't understand what's going After on. After the there. game, I'd imagine. But yeah, I don't know. Rugby, Who knows? Rugby. Hashtag talk other games down. Rugby Australia are currently in discussions with New Zealand rugby over the future of Super Rugby. Stick with me. Yeah. But Rugby Australia are set to ignore requests to submit expressions of interest in New Zealand's proposed new competition. Uh, last week, New Zealand rugby outlined a future model for Super Rugby based on the results of the Aratupu report which favours a competition between eight and ten teams, including, sorry, the five Kiwi franchises. New Zealand Rugby said it has a huge desire to include a Pacifica team, uh, while the rest of the competition will be made up of Australian rugby teams between two to four. Wow. Um, The expression of interest, I'm not interested in if they send it over. I won't even open it, said new rugby boss Hamish McLennan. Hamish McLennan sounds like the (laughs) rugby boss. Um, if they want to chat with me, I think next week's the week to do it, but I won't be opening their report. Uh, Australia reportedly now working on their own planned B competition without New Zealand, an eight-team competition featuring all five Australian professional teams, as well as teams from Fiji, Argentina, and Japan's Sunwolves. Look, I love the Sunwolves, but let me get this straight for my... Ben T.O. man from way back. Rugby Australia kicked the Western Force out of the Aussie Conference in Super Rugby. Yep. But the Sunwolves were competing. Yep. Now due to COVID, the Sunwolves have folded and Rugby Australia has had to re-invite the Western Force into their Super Rugby Australian comp. And now next year, New Zealand Rugby is calling all the shots and only offering two to four spots Correct. for Australian teams in Super... What an absolute shit show this is. Mate, they're in all sorts. How come New Zealand's in charge of this caper? Because they're, they're the ladder leaders, I suppose. They're number one in the, in the world. So That's the only of, one that I can think of. Out of the five Australian Super Rugby teams, which really... There's only four there's until four only a couple of weeks ago. And Western Force and the Sunwolves. And that Western so, Force beat Waratahs last week, apparently. <laughs> of course they did. So out of the four... New Zealand's like, we'll probably only invite two of you. Is that New Zealand? Uh, is that New South Wales and Queensland? Or is that the Brumbies? Or is this Melbourne? If they're smart, or, it'd definitely be the Western Force because that's where all the money in yeah. Rugby Australia is at, and, at the moment. And then I'd invite the Sunwolves and get rid of all the Aussie teams. <laughs> uh, cricket. Yeah, what a shit show. Cricket. Uh, the third test between England and the West Indies. The West Indies made one change with... 140 keg giant off spinner Rakeem Cornwell. My man. Your man. Selected for the first time this series in place of paceman Alzari Joseph. In the first innings, the big fella took an absolute scream of a catch at his customary fielding position of first slips. Did you see it? Mm-mm. Like a cat. Yeah. He took a flyer. Mate, I've got big raps on this fella. He's got hands like barbecue chooks in other news. I've probably seen a couple of barbecue chooks in his time. Well, I spoke about Rakeem Corndog Cornwell. A few weeks ago, I'm a massive fan of the big fella. He finished with figures of 27 overs, five maidens, none for 85 before he went off the field for a couple of cheeseburgers and a nap. (laughs) I love this kid. I didn't see his screamer at first slip. Oh, it's unbelievable. We'll have a look at it after. That's where you would put him in the field because he's not running anywhere. (laughs) He's not going fine leg to fine leg. I'll give you the red up tip. No, no. Cricket. England star Ben Stokes had to take to social media to clear up a few things 
after an unfortunate brown stain appeared on his pants. On day, <laughs> I didn't see this either. On day two of the third test against the West Indies. Um, David Lloyd said on Sky Sports commentary, it appears there's been an occurrence for Ben Stokes on his trousers. <laughs> uh, Stokes, who copped some grief from his teammates on field for the occurrence, uh, denied suggestions on social media that he'd shat himself uh, and clarified that he'd actually sat in spilt coffee during the tea break. Uh, Stokes would have been in esteemed company if he actually had have admitted to shitting himself at Old Trafford because earlier this year, Australian captain Tim Payne revealed his bowels got the better of him during the fourth Ashes test and he let one go through the backdoor bugle. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Not in white. Well, yeah, no, in white. Yeah. <laughs> Are you having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, Bucks or Hens Night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom-made T-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. Go to mareinc.com.au. Go to mareinc.com.au. All right, Sid, three years ago, we both made our own wish lists of people we'd love to get on this show, and I'm proud to say this next guest was on top of it. He's a man who is the very epitome of a living legend. He's a 10-time world champion. He's had 146 fights in both boxing and kickboxing. He's a man who, if you haven't heard his story, you really do need to. Um, he's a warrior, he's a champion, and most of all, he's a true gentleman. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at John Wayne Parr. I'm true, extremely honoured to say, welcome to Full Crew of the Boys, Mr. John Wayne Parr. Hey, gentlemen, thank you so much. Mate, uh, the world's a crazy time right now, and so I guess there's never been a better time to go and have some surgery. Tell listeners what you just, <laughs> just had done and uh, how it's all tracking along, and when are you expecting to return to the ring? Yeah, so um, you know, the last two years, I've sort of been struggling uh, with hip issues, uh, progressively getting worse and worse and worse, and uh, I was very lucky that my last fight happened to me, Anthony Mundine. Yep. Um, so it was a boxing fight, so I didn't have to kick for the whole 10-week um, lead-up. And then, um, yeah, it's really funny because uh, I had my, 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 my no more cartilage, uh, bone on bone. And then because it was rubbing, um, it affected the bone marrow inside the femur head and the femur neck. And it became so brittle that the doctor said, look, you, you need to stop running, but your bone marrow is swelling inside the bone. Um, so, yeah, it, there's a chance that if you're running, your femur head might snap while you're running. Wow. For 10 weeks, I'm, not only am I, am I fighting um, not just five rounds, but now I'm fighting 10 rounds against Anthony Mundine. So it's like, I've got to run. I can't not run. It's Anthony Mundine. So um, every day when I put on my shoes, I'm thinking, oh, man, geez, I hope my femur head doesn't snap today. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, that's going to spoil my day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I just kept thinking because – I struggle through the run, and then when I'd cool down, and then it'd just be like the next four hours, just waves of pain up the bone. And i just ride it out, ride it out, and then as soon as the pain would stop, it'd be time to train again. It's like, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then some nights, like, just struggling to eat because of the pain was so bad. And then uh, all I could think was, if I win, it's just going to be a good story. It'll be a good story. <laughs> I just, I just got to win. So, so Anthony got the win. 
and then um, it got to the stage where uh, the the probably the last few weeks, uh, it, the, my leg, I'd be walking and I'd give out every every about four or five steps could be bone on bone, yep. and I just like yeah, just lose lose my uh, balance, and it's like oh man, trying to demonstrate class, I, I go for a double jab. And I'd go to step on the lead leg, my leg would just give out on me in front of the whole class. Like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, but um, but got through it. So um, new hip now, no pain. Uh, I can I can put my socks on again now. It's amazing. I'm so happy, mate. Um, and are you heading you heading back into the ring eventually? That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. So just before COVID started, um, I just signed a, a very lucrative deal with a, a company called uh, One Championship uh, that ran in Asia. Yep. Uh, so uh, they, Forbes magazine did uh, the the um, top ten uh, companies in the world. Yep. And then UFC was number five, and then One Championship were, were, were number four. Yep. And so holy, they're, they're bigger than UFC. It's like holy crap, it's amazing. Wow. So um, yeah, very very excited to fight for them. Um, they've offered me double the money they've ever made in my whole life. Uh, six fight contract. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Awesome. And, and, they're, and they're like family too. I'll be sitting here. All of a sudden, a package will arrive with all like shirts and apparel and hats. And it's like, um, no other company's ever treated me like um, family before. It's really cool. That's awesome, man. Now, oh, before we dive into your career, people tell me I've got a face that looks like someone's lived in it twice. Now, which, <laughs> yeah. which pisses me off because I see someone like you that spent a lifetime in combat sports and still has a bit of, a, a, a bit of his good looks about him. Tell everyone at home, how many stitches have you had along the journey, JWP? Uh, 346. <laughs> Um, but but because uh, if I got to three fifty, I'd definitely retire because three fifty is way too many. <laughs> how <laughs> so many? three forty six is just enough, I reckon. How many do you reckon you've been responsible for? Oh, not that many. Uh, <laughs> probably half of that. But uh, so what happened was my my first fight I got eight. My second fight, I've got 21, and then my third fight, I've got 54 in one day, one fight. So, so in, in three cuts, so in three fights, I've already got like over 80 stitches. So I was like, yeah, that sucked. I bet you were hanging out yeah, for that so, fourth fight. So, do, you want, do, you want hear, do, you want, do you want to hear the story about the 54 stitches one? Yeah, of yeah. course, so, um, of course. So I've got, a, I've got a cut around. So round one, round two, round three. Uh, so round three, they're almost going to stop it. And I'm, I'm begging those referee, please don't stop it. Please don't stop it. I, I put my head through the ropes and beg to the promoter, mate, don't stop it. I've come too far. Don't stop it. He told the doctor, let it keep going. So um, I ended up getting another cut again the next round. And then the fifth round, I got an elbow between my eyes, which cut me to the bone. And then blood started, started spurting in front of me. And then um, the ref, the docs, uh, sorry, the referee's like, oh, man, we're done. We're done. You're not getting out of this one. We're stopping it. Wow. Um, so... So the, the doctor comes in the back room and goes, oh, look, I can't stitch you until after the show. I have to be ringside um, as an official. Uh, so I'm, they put butterfly tape on me. And then um, he comes into the room. All right, let's lay down. Let's start doing this thing. Oh, say, hey, what, what time is it? He goes, it's midnight. Oh, it's my birthday. I just turned 22. And he goes, oh, cool. Happy birthday. Pick a cut. <laughs> and then he spent the next the, the two hours to put 54 stitches in my face wow. so um yeah that sucked that was the entry day. happy birthday <laughs> what a way to start the friggin year like, oh man this sucks so that wasn't the fight was in Melbourne so next on my birthday I had to fly back to the Gold Coast I had to catch a plane looking like a freak so I got, hit by, got hit by a truck oh, what happened to you uh, you, you know how they say uh, uh, chicks big scars no they don't they get this whole <laughs> They actually, they actually try and cross the street, but they don't look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Right, hey, let's go back to a young bloke in Queensland who was watching Monkey Magic on TV, hey. idolised Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the wrestling and started taking Taekwondo classes. Do you ever wonder where you'd be if you watched Young Talent Time, idolised yeah. Lionel Richie and took singing classes? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah. I, uh, I, want, I wanted to be a fighter no matter what. Uh, before, I could, I could walk. Um, I, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've never not wanted to be a fighter. I, I, I didn't know if I was going to be boxing, karate, um, sumo, wrestling. I, I, I was going to fight something. So, yeah, and I just happened that um, my path happened. To, I just happened to walk into a kickboxing after Taekwondo. Um, they moved out, and then six months later, kickboxing moved in. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll try this kickboxing until I find another Taekwondo school. And I tried the first class. And I'm, like, I'm done. This is it. Yeah. This is me. And then, um, then, then the Van Damme movie came out, the kickboxer. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's just guaranteed where my destination goes now. I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> so, yeah, well, just, uh, just, uh, it all fell in front of me. It just, I, my, but, um, but even if I didn't fall kickboxing, I'd be, I did Kung Fu, Tai Chi, anything to be a martial artist or, or a fighter. Yep. Hey, let's fast forward a few years. It's 1996. You're in Thailand and you're training Muay Thai. Tell our listeners about that experience. How were you living? What were the living conditions like? Yeah. The whole lot. Hey, nice. I like this story. Um, uh, yeah, people freak out. So uh, the first three months I go to Pattaya and train at Tigitong. And uh, I'm, I'm sharing a double bed with uh, my sponsor's brother. He's about <laughs> 90 kilos. Um, every now and again, you roll over and you get an arm or a leg put over. You say, ah, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then three months later, I moved to Bangkok, yep. and then into a, like a proper like fighter camp, like a serious, probably the number one fighter camp in the Bangkok at the time. And then, um, yeah, so they introduced me. All right, so uh, they, they walk upstairs. There's the wooden floor. There's a uh, sleeping side by side on the wooden floor with ten other fighters. And then there were downstairs was our, our toilet, so it wasn't a conventional toilet; it was a squat toilet. So you got to squat over top of it, and uh, no toilet paper because the, the toilet paper clogs up all the pipes. So you use this uh, little plastic container to pour water into your hand to wipe your butt. Uh, the, you got to try and find the perfect ratio between water and skin. So then go, uh, if there's not enough water, you're in a bit of strife. Yeah, it turns, in, it turns into mud instead of just. Uh, uh, it's good when you eat chilies, though. It's better than wiping your butt with toilet paper. You know, after that, the, the third or the fourth time, you start getting that sandpaper feeling. With the with the water, you can actually see steam. It's amazing. It'd be a, be a hell of a prank to put some uh, denker up in that water for your mates. <laughs> oh, jeez, that would be rough. So when we do the shower, so you got to stand on the concrete and then use the same blue container to pour water on your skin. Now uh, use the soap to lather up and use the blue container to wash the water off your skin again. And uh, no hot water either, it's all cold. Wow. And then uh, to brush your teeth, you got to use the same blue container to pour water in your hand to brush your teeth. So you've got 10 different dudes using the one container to poop, shower, and brush teeth. Poop, shower, brush teeth. So I don't know how I did not get sick or whatever. It was just... Um, yeah, pretty rough. And then no furniture. So we sit on the wooden floor to eat. So there'd be three or four different dishes in front of us, and everyone gets to play the rice. And you're cross-legged, and you're leaning over your hips to, to get to the rice. To you. And then it's one spoonful at a time. So I take a spoonful of chicken, have it with my rice, take a spoonful of eggs, eat with my rice. And everyone's like a community. It's, um, yeah, it's really cool. So you wake up, so you, you, you train together, um, train, shower, sleep, uh, and then you're just brothers for, and, and then you're living and pushing each other. It's, a, yeah, it's really cool. 
So every time you win, your prize money goes up. Every time you lose, your prize money goes down. So it's really important. So so I was living there, training there, and eating there for free. But yep. then every time I fight, I, I have to give them 50% of my prize money. So the first few fights, like making 50 bucks. So give them 25, I get 25. Uh, and then so it goes up, and then I started to make 1,000 bucks, 2,000 bucks. And then um, my last fight there, I ended up winning a, a million baht, which is equivalent to about 35,000 Australian. And then, uh, and then you got to give them 50%. It's like, oh, man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, when, you, when you're in a 50 bucks and you're sharing 25 of it, that's like, hey, there you go, it's 25 bucks. Yeah. But when, you earn it, when you're in a million, it's like, oh, this sucks. That's, uh, Don, King, yeah. that's Don King levels. Oh, uh, no, no it's just, it just is what it is, but it still, um, still sucks. Right? <laughs> and you, you, you were there for, this wasn't just a, a, a four-week, six-week, couple of months thing. This was, how long, tell everyone how long you were there for. I lived there for like that for four years full time, and then another year on and off. So five, five years, but four years non-stop living on a wooden floor for four years. Wow! And and then and then living off my prize money. So um, yeah, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. So the only way to survive is I have to fight. Uh, I might make. I might make. Uh, let's say I make uh, hundred bucks, and then I got to give them fifty bucks. So I got to live off fifty bucks for a month for six weeks, and then. Um, and luckily, the food's cheap over there. If you live like a Thai, it's only like a dollar a meal. Yeah. Uh, so, and then you, you might be busted up, cut, smashed. But unless I fight again in four months, uh, in, in four weeks, I can't survive. So I have to fight no matter what. Well, you were um, you were one of the yeah. you were one of the few non-Thai men to be training over there. Um, how did they accept you when you went there? I, I was the I was the first I was the first guy to live there full time. Um, no one, no one, everyone would come in for a month or two months and then they go home. I, I lived there for four years uh, on the scene. So I was easy for them to promote it because I was always there. So they, I was some 97, I had uh, nine fights in one year. Um, yes, that year I won a uh, fighter of the year. Um, best, the strongest Westerner in Thailand for 97. And you were the first yeah. Westerner on their uh, world famous magazine too, weren't you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd won nine fights straight. And then um, we, they were going to come and do an interview on me. So we went out to the park and had the water behind me, had really nice scenery. And then the photographer's like, all right, uh, try and look as strong as you can because this is for the cover. <laughs> uh, excuse me, what did you say? Oh, I didn't you know. Didn't I tell you? Oh, yeah, this is for the cover. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, and then uh, a couple of days later, it came out. And then unlike the news agency here, they're all outside. That's so all open market sort of stuff. So, and they haven't hang them up, all the magazines. Yep. So for for a week, everywhere I go, I just see my face and all around Bangkok. And it's like this is nuts. It's just <laughs> too crazy. Um, just yeah, living the dream is so cool. And give give our listeners a, a an idea of the importance of and the popularity of Muay Thai over there. Tell everyone oh. what what's the biggest crowd you fought in front of at the world famous Lumpini Stadium in Bangkok? Oh, no, uh, no, no, the Lumpini only holds about ten. But uh, uh, there's a big park. Um, so if anyone's familiar with the movie Kickboxer, yep. Um, at the start of the movie, uh, they do on pads, and then uh, Dennis Luxio tells Van Damme, "Hey, none of that tip tap shit." Um, you know that scene? Yep, 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 yep. Of course. That, so, so that's the Classic. park where they hold the king's birthday. We're uh, surrounded by all the temples around Bangkok, and then um, we get a hundred thousand people come to that park. And, and uh, I was very lucky to fight on that event um, on four different uh, occasions in front of a hundred thousand people every time. Did you win every um, time? I won. I won three in a row. I, I lost nice. the first one because I shit myself. There's so many. I've never. I've never walked on the ring, and just had my legs go out of me from seeing a hundred thousand people for the first time. Um, 
Um, it, and then I started the fight a little bit too early and then ended up gassing a little bit. And he only ended about three or four onions and kicks at the end, and which cost me in the fight. But uh, uh, then the, the second time I did it, I told I mentally prepared myself saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna freak out this time. I'm gonna get out there, take some big breaths, and just capture the moment and just just love it. Ended up having the, the best fight of my life, and then uh, kept getting invited back in again. And when I won my second world title in um, Bangkok uh, on the King's Birthday in front of 100,000 people live on Thai TV too. Yep. So that was really, that was a really important moment for me, but especially uh, my trainer. So I'm going from like little fight shows, working the way up to stadium to fight on the King's Earth to win the world title. He said, this is like your diploma. You've done everything um, in Thailand. Uh, you've worked your way up to this. And if you win the world title, this is your, your, your diploma. Yes. And, and I won. I said, Holy shit. And then a couple of years later, 2004, um, at Rajabandran Stadium, um, I was very lucky to, to win. Um, I had to fight three guys in two hours. So I fought a Russian, a French, and a Thai. Uh, the first fight was three rounds. Second fight was three rounds. The last fight was five rounds with elbows. And then um, it was against a tie that had beaten me three times in a row previously. And then I had to fight him in the finals. I was like, oh, man, not him. <laughs> and then I, then, I, then I beat him. I finally beat him. And then I ended up winning a, a million baht, a world title, and a, tri- a, pro- a trophy from the Prime Minister of Thailand. Hey, is it is it true that uh, you're offered an incentive from a local Thai businessman to finish a fight with some elbows? Oh, that was uh, my first fight in Thailand. Yeah. Um, as I was walking towards the ring, um, yeah, in broken English, uh, I give you 1500 if you win elbow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and then my prize money was 1000 baht, which was 50 bucks. Yep. And then he gave me um, 1500 so I ended up um, cleaning up. Uh, I made like 120 bucks. I was like, you! <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the only thing was, the next night I got hit, smashed over the head with a bar stool, which cost me 5000 <laughs> so, Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that was bad. Mate, with so, the... You want to hear, hear that story? Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. Yeah. So, so my first fight, I, uh, gets, uh, I win win the fight by knockout, uh, by elbow. So I get um, 2500 baht. So we get out in the town next day. And next day is called Songan. It's a big water festival. All yeah, yeah. 24-hour thing, yeah. And then so every, everyone's throwing water at each other and everyone's, everyone's having whiskeys and it's, everyone's laughing and joking. So we're doing this all day, getting drunker and drunker. And then um, uh, some big Polish guy, he wets me and, and we, I wet him back. Next minute, he throws his bucket down and he charges, to, uh, not charge, but, but like staunch as. And mate, you, uh, if you wet me again, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I said, what? And he goes, you French. And that's when I shouldn't have answered with we, because that's when he, that's when he started attacking me. Um, so he, he, he's throwing a kick. Next minute, I thought, oh, gee. So I've thrown a few punches at him, and I've gone up through. I kicked myself. I've never been in the street fight before, and I, I learned don't kick. So I kicked, and I fell over. And then as I was on all fours, um, he smashed me on the head with a bar stool. And then I uh, so, um, my, my my friend started throwing glass at him, getting away from me. And then uh, he come pick me up. Hey, you okay? He goes, oh, man, I think he, he must have had a ring on. He goes, no, he just got hit over here with a chair. <laughs> oh, so um, so we got, got, got stitches. It was, I got, ended up somehow or other, I got two cuts from one hit of the bar stool. So it was seven stitches in one, seven stitches in the other, uh, 5,000 baht. And then, so uh, I got the bandages on my head, and we see a tie. And he goes, what happened? So I got hit over here with a bar stool. He goes, you know, if you get him arrested, um, you can get compensation money from him. I was like, oh, really? So we, we put in a report. Um, they said, if you can see him, if you see him, tell us we'll arrest him. Uh, we go back to the bar. They hit me, and sure enough, there he was. So we tell them. They arrest him. They said, um, all right, so how much do you want? 
I said, oh, well, it cost me 5000 I want my 5000 back because I'm, I'm here long term. I've got no money. So um, they said, oh, look, it's pretty serious offence. What we're going to do, we're, we're going to keep him inside overnight, teach him a lesson. And as I was leaving, one of the Thai coppers goes, hey, tomorrow, when you come back, ask for 10000 <laughs> Oh, shit, okay. So I go home, come back next day. And they said, oh, we're waiting for him to transfer mon- money from Poland, um, wire banking. So uh, come back to Savi. So I go back to Sa- And as I was leaving, they said, ask for 20000 <laughs> I said, oh, shit, how cool is this? So I come back in the afternoon. And they said, oh, look, we got him so afraid uh, we're going to uh, deport him to bankrupt prison that uh, uh, he's given us 28000 baht. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. And then, um, so they they open the cell, they take you out of his handcuffs, they send him on his way, and then the couple points to me and say, hey, you, follow me. So we walk downstairs, we go into the toilets, we go into a cubicle, he locks the door, and he goes, all right, so today was my day off. I was happy to give you a hand, so uh, you owe me 8,000 baht, about 28,000. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. And click, 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 there you go. He goes, all right, cool. Now, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, see you, mate. No worries. I'll, I'll be on my way. See you later. <laughs> and then, uh, so that was my introduction to Thailand. It's like, ooh, I'm going to learn to be very polite in this moment forward. <laughs> These guys are savages. Is yeah, that, they don't play around. Is that the only time that you've been in a street fight, you reckon? Yes. Uh, after that, I'm done. Yeah. After getting hit over here with a uh, steel chair. I thought, you know what? Um, and then uh, uh, when he was arrested, uh, he was handcuffed in the, in the police station and then the hookupers had to go outside for a second. So it was just only me and him in the room. Yep. And he talked to me and he goes, mate, you know, if, if I wasn't drunk last night, I would have killed you. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, I reckon if we weren't drunk, it probably wouldn't happen in the first place. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was seriously intent on killing me. He wasn't fucking around. Wow. If, that, if that chair had been across my face instead of the back of my head, I don't think I'd be here. But well, apart from a uh, wonderful kickboxing career, not so successful street fighting career. Yeah. You're also a very accomplished boxer. As we mentioned before, you most recently beat Chuck Mundine in his final fight. How was your relationship before and after that fight with Chuck? Oh, he's cool as. Um, we met when we had our first face off. I went up and shook his hand to say how appreciative I was of the opportunity. And then uh, he was just as excited to, uh, to to just have a chat. And um, he said he was a big fan. And he, he's really up, he was really excited to fight me as well. And then um, I just, after watching him for 20 years, I, I never thought our, our paths would ever cross. And then, uh, and seeing how he treat other opponents, um, I was waiting for the same sort of craziness of uh, him talking crap about me and telling me I'm this or that. But uh, every single interview that I read, Monday said, oh, no, total respect for John Wayne. I'm probably going in this fight, the underdog. Um, John Wayne's a, a seriously, um, he's a killer. Um, I was like, what? Who's this guy? I'm waiting for me. I'm waiting for him to be all just sort of, yeah, I don't know. It was, and then um, ever since, we've been mates ever since. He, we, we private message each other. Um, he might be fighting Zarafa soon. Uh, he's, he's excited to get the opportunity to fight him before he hangs him up. And it's just cool to be just mates with him after watching him for so long. And now to have um, the opportunity to fight him. And it still spins me out. Um, after watching the bloke for 20 years and never having one desire to ever fight him because I'm not a boxer. Yep. I've never call, I've never called him out. I've never tried to make a name off his name. I see other people doing it, and I'm sort of going, "Oh, mate, you just you're struggling for yourself. Just go and do your own thing. You don't need him to make your own name." And then, um, and then we fight, and, then, and I look up. Sometimes I go to the gallery and say, "Oh shit, it's my name. I fought him. Oh, that's crazy." But yeah, it still blows my mind that I actually did it. And he he messaged you after the fight. Did he uh, concede defeat, yeah. JW, or did he? Uh, or did he think that the decision? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny. Yes. So. Uh, 
I just uh, a couple of days after the fight, I sent him a private. Just saying, mate, thank you so much for the opportunity. What a chance! What a fight! Um, I think we gave the the crowd their money's worth. I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, non-stop action. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. And he wrote back, going, yeah, man, that was awesome. I really appreciated the fight. Also, um, funny enough, I just watched the fight for the first time uh, last night, and between us. I still think I won. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. There I thought is. we were cool. I thought we were cool. But it wouldn't be Monday if it was Monday. So, but ever since we've been cool, it still swings me out when I go, when I see him like my one of my photos and see Mundane, he's liking my stuff still. It's like, damn, it blows my mind that we're, we're buddies. Yeah, good on you. Hey, uh, given your unbelievable success over such a long time, you're, you're world famous, you're a multiple world champion. Can you tell us about some of the struggles you've had in dealing with mainstream media in trying to get your story out there? Because your story, anywhere else or in other parts of the world, you would be a god. And yet, yeah. here we are. And, and, and in my mind, as someone who's loved combat sports for so long, you are a god. Yet, yeah. I feel like your story should be front page. Yeah. What, tell me about the struggles. I don't know struggles. I, I, I never expected to be a superstar or, or a Conor McGregor level. Um, I've been very lucky to, to to hang out with George St. Pierre and um, yeah. he uh, he gave me a, a personal invitation to, to go to Montreal and sh- training for two weeks and, and to see his lifestyle. Um, he was he was lucky to win um, Canadian of the Year three years in a row back when he was at his peak. Um, so he can't walk down the street. He can't. Um, uh, so if we had to go 500 meters to from one shop to the gym or something, um, we'd have to catch a taxi. Because the idea of him walking that far would be maybe two or three hours with the photos and handshakes wow. and cat chats and it was just like insane. Um, uh, one time we went to a nightclub and then uh, we walked in and then as we were walking from the across the dance floor to our table, someone goes GSP, GSP, <laughs> and the whole club just stopped and turned to this and then everyone just walked towards us. And it was like an avalanche of a, I've never felt so claustrophobic before. And we had to walk, and before, without even stopping, we just walked straight back out to the next exit. We really? didn't even stop. We just kept walking. We went in and then out. <laughs> <laughs> and, then go, and then he goes, oh, we'll just come back in a couple of hours' time and we'll try and sneak in again. And it's like, man, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> and then, uh, so, so he'd be, let's say he goes to the toilet for number twos and, uh, at, at somewhere. And then as he opens the door, people be at the door ready to shake his hand. He's like, ah, just can I wash my hand? Do you mind if I just wash my hand first? <laughs> my finger went through the paper. <laughs> I, just, I just used a bucket. <laughs> hey, um, your, your wife Angie is a very accomplished fighter and now your daughter Jasmine is making headlines herself. What's harder, being in the corner for your wife or your daughter? Oh, my wife. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, um, did you say? Did you say what's hard? What's harder, be, being the cornerman for your wife or the cornerman for your daughter? Uh, uh, it's, it's just, um, it's just cool. It's just amazing. Yeah. It, uh, you just want them to accomplish amazingness as well. It's so awesome to be in the corner, and when they win, it's just, um, it's such a uh, uh, honor, a privilege. Uh, words can't describe how happy it makes you that when you go your own siblings uh, awesome it really makes um, it so cool yeah, right. so when I met Angie um, I got the opportunity to go to Vegas um, to, to teach him to train and to fight uh, and then rock up to Vegas and all these photos of this girl with all these medals and belts and trophies it's like oh man who's this chick and I said oh that's Angie she's, uh, she's gonna she'll be here soon she's fighting on the same card as you in three weeks 
and I, at the time I was living at the the main painter's um, house, and yep. he had like a little camp set up at the back of his house, another little like, like a granny flat where they had a uh, like bunk beds and stuff. Uh, so uh, she rocked up two or three days later, to, and she was living at the camp. Like I was living in the camp, but like separate rooms and stuff. Yep. And uh, from that moment. From the first time we met, we were just inseparable. We because we were living in the same place and training together and eating together and we're sort of thrown into each other's lives. And then within a couple of days later, we went to the Bellagio for a buffet. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, next thing, we're girlfriend, boyfriend, and yeah. So eighteen years so far, and it's been um, amazing. So I would have been in Vegas. I would have been uh, sorry. We did three months in Vegas. Uh, we moved to San Diego for six months. Got married in America. Uh, I was working in a boxing club, and then uh, I had the opportunity to come back to Australia to have a, a, a kickboxing fight to make five grand. So I flew to Australia, won the fight, got five grand. I went to go back to America, and um, uh, they said, oh, where's your return ticket? So oh, I have a return ticket, but it's in America. They said, oh, unless you have that return ticket, you can't leave. Uh, we need evidence that you're going to come back again. I was like, oh, shit, uh, what do I do? They said, what you can do, you can buy a one-way ticket now, and then when you get there, just re- refund it, get your money back. Uh, easy. How much is that? Uh, four and a half grand. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, sure. It's like the plane was leaving and an hour's time. And if I didn't buy it, I couldn't go. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I've got five grand. That's four and a half. Fine. All right, I'll get it. That's sweet. So I get this ticket. Fly to America. Get the immigration. And all mates like, all right. So when was the last time you were here? I said, oh, I was here three weeks ago. How long were you here for? Uh, three months. It's for three months. You can't stay here three months. And then uh, you're only allowed to stay here 90 days. Yeah, that's three months. So he counts the days. I was there 92. He goes, mate, you're two, you two days over your visa. You're on the next plane back to Australia. Oh, no. Stop it. He was 100% true. It's like nuts. So I had to plead with like the, the head of immigration. Mate, I've got another ticket. That ticket's four and a half grand. I've got no money. I've got to get the other ticket so I can refund that to get my money back. Um, so eventually he, he, he uh, gives me permission to, um, I'm not allowed to see my wife. I'm stuck in like this, uh, airport jail. So they send them the air hostess backwards and forwards to talk to my wife. And, um, so she drove three hours to pick me up. She had to drive three hours back to get the ticket, three hours back to the airport again. And then, um, get my ticket. And she's seven months pregnant by the way, and still wow. can't see me. So I get held at the airport. Um, so I'm 10 hours in one room. They come to the knock on the door. They come and get me. They said, every 10 hours, we have to move you by law. So 10 hours, they move me to another room. 10 hours later, they come and get me. And this time, they take me outside to put me in the back of a police um, car and take me to East LA jail. So now I'm stuck in jail waiting for my plane to come. It's like, oh, man, what's going on? This sucks. Plus, I flew all the way, too. So I haven't slept, really, in like two or three days. Um, so then they finally come and get me. It's morning time now. It's rush hour LAX. Um, I'm getting escorted from the police car with three security either side of me um, through the middle of the airport uh, and just keep looking at me and tugging on their mums and pointing at me and uh, all because I overstayed. And I said, mate, this is a bit over top, isn't it? He goes, it wouldn't matter if you're a 90-year-old lady. We still do the same thing. This is our procedure. <laughs> I said, what? So then everyone's waiting for the plane and then they put me on the plane first with all the security handcuffed. <laughs> through there and then I'm the first and then everyone's going to walk past me to get to their seat and I was like oh man and I've been showered in like four days now so now I stink I'm going to look like a freak it sucks and, oh, and the worst part was so we get to finally get to Australia I get to the back to the airport I hand them my tickets and mate I'm going to refund my ticket can I get my money back 
And he goes, oh, it's a it's a six-week procedure. Turn around before you give me money back. So we'll send you, we'll send you a check in six weeks. It's like, no, I've got no money. I've been deported. I've got nowhere to live. I've mis- I, my missus is pregnant in another country. Um, so, yeah, so actually, uh, missus sold all our furniture, sold our car, had enough money to buy a ticket. Wow. Uh, come to Australia. And then, uh, so luckily, it all worked out. Per- and as soon as I arrived back in Australia, my career just went boom. So it was a blessing in disguise. It was a... Uh, at the time, it was the worst, but it then ended up being the best, so can't complain. <laughs> Mate, uh, two quick things before we go. In the movie The Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio was told to be a true karate legend, he had to catch a fly with chopsticks. Can you catch a fly with chopsticks? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's, I, I'm not bad with chopsticks. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty, uh, I, I, I could pick up a pubic hair with chopsticks. Just one. Just, just one. You put a pubic hair in the, in the middle of the concrete, no worries. <laughs> I think I've seen that yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, just quickly, mate, uh, we do a lot of rugby league stuff here. Have you ever done any work with the rugby league club? Because uh, I reckon even for some of the players just to sit and hear you talk, I think it'd be a great experience, especially for a, a club only about an hour up the road from you. Yeah, no, they're playing just about five-minute walk from here. Yeah. And you've never done anything with them? Um, uh, no, not really. I had a few boys drop in every now and again for a, for a session here or there, but they're um, yeah, nothing too serious. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're an unutilized, underutilized uh, resource, mate. mate. Uh, I think it's different because uh, with the jiu-jitsu, they're doing a lot of the locks and the moves wrestling. and the takedowns and everything else, and holding them down so they can't uh, do quick plays. But uh, with my stuff, it's more so if someone throws the ball, you just punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real art to what I do. I just hit people. <laughs> uh, mate, it's been an absolute thrill to have you on the show. Well, thank you once again for joining us here at Full Credit Boys. Don't forget, follow this champion on Twitter and Instagram, at John Wayne Parr. Or uh, if you're up in Queensland, visit his Bunchu gym on the Gold Coast. Um, it's one of the great gyms in, well, probably in Australia, especially for kickboxing. Thanks once again for joining us, mate. It's been a thrill. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Full credit to the boys. Need a sparky, then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweed Heads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au NDF Electrical Alright, so with thanks to the world's greatest electrical company, it's time for the world's greatest podcast segment. It's time for this. Yes, it's time for Grab a Mirrors. Uh, don't forget you can reply to my first tweets on a Tuesday. Tuesdays only, 7.30am. Use the hashtags GAM or hashtag Grab a Mirror. Is no one's up at 7.30am on a Tuesday. Not even me. Uh, and then When else can they do it? 3.30, there, thereabouts. Same thing, Grab a Mirror, hashtag GAM. Reply to the tweet. Give yourself every opportunity to be read out on this prestigious segment. Prestigious is true. I'm going to go first. Yeah, go first, bro. Grab a mirror, Maxine Pad. What has Maxine Pad done to you? Well, over the journey of doing this show, Sid, over the many years, we've covered off on people 
rubbing jizz into their skin for yes. a healthy glow or drinking cum milkshakes for their yeah. apparent health qualities. Yeah, that doesn't work, by the way. Other people taking dumps on glass coffee tables. Uh-huh. Not sure the health benefits there on that last one, whatever. <laughs> anyway, this week, 36-year-old Maxine Pad from mm-hmm. uh, Chicago has stepped it up a notch as she went public with her daily skin routine of using her period blood for facials. Ah, come on, man. Maxine also revealed that she uses her period blood for artwork, dancing, and watering her plants. I shit you not, Sid. Well, hopefully she shits. Never mind. No word on uh, what she uses to wash her car, but it is a red Toyota Camry, whatever. (laughs) Now, the female embodiment coach... She'd be a ball laugh. What is, what is that? <laughs> how how can you put that, that on a business card? <laughs> what does that even mean? The female embodiment coach said she spent years being ashamed, embarrassed and disgusted by her monthly bleed before discovering moon blood rituals. She said the benefits to her skin are undeniable. Menstrual blood, she says, is healing and has anti-inflammatory properties and is full of rich nutrients and minerals like zinc, copper, magnesium, calcium, sodium, iron, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. She should be more ashamed now. So does Clearer still, sweetheart. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh, my face feels softer always, she said, more nourished and it glows. I have noticed it has helped improve my skin condition from acne scars, uh, which is funny, Sid, because I can tell you, about the last time, uh, or sorry, a time a young bloke went on a footy trip with us up to the Gold Coast. Now, uh-huh. let's just call him Michael for the sake of the story. His name's Michael, isn't His it? His name's Michael. <laughs> anyway, Mick, as we'll call him, so you don't realise it's Michael. It's one of those middle-of-the-type sort of bloke cities. Uh-huh. Not, not ugly, but not a good looker either. He's okay. a solid six, I reckon, the girls yeah, would say. he's just a battler, you know. Anyway, we're up there on the Gold Coast in uh, this nightclub. Now, let's just call it, for the sake of the story, Melba's. It was Melba's, wasn't it? It was Melba's. Now, Mick's picked up this girl. Now, as I said... He was a six. I wasn't every night he was he was picking up. So that's a six on your scale for blokes. Maybe chicks tell me is a ten. So oh yeah, tell me is a twelve in your <laughs> scale. As I, yeah. So but anyway, so good old through, Mick. Halfway through the night, Mick comes up to and this is a true story too. I swear to God, I know it is. Mick comes up and to me and says he's going down to the beach with this bird. Uh-huh. I said, oh okay, Mick, no worries, mate. And he's gone about half an hour and he walks back into Melba's, happy as Larry. Like a cat that swallowed the canary. And he comes up to me, half pissed, half elated. <laughs> Former. I banged her. We had sex on the beach, he says. I said, oh, good on you, mate. I'm proud of you. Come on, we'll go and get a beer at the bar. He's only a young fella, you know. He's yeah. just out of the 18s. We go out to the bar and I look at Mick and I remember as clear as day. And Mel was there. I said to him, Mick, you went down on her, didn't you? <laughs> and he straight away says, how did you know, Former? And I said, get to the bathroom and have a look at yourself in the mirror. So much like Mick, that night at Melba's, wipe that Dolmio grin off your face, Maxine Pad, and grab a mirror. Paints are for painting, clearasil is for acne, and nightclub floors are for dancing. And period blood? Well, I don't know what period blood's for, but it's probably for washing cameras or something. But that's it. We saw Mick the other day, and geez, he looks youthful. So maybe there's something in this. Equal 10. At Big Mac Keeper. Grab a mirror, Ricky Stewart, and his bonkoff press conferences. <laughs> we miss your <clears> blow ups <throat> after, <clears throat> after questions from journalists. Put those air quotes in. <laughs> we can't hear. Thank God the NRL haven't employed a sign language person to translate those coughs and ref blow ups. Hashtag make Canberra shit again. Hashtag cough, cough. Do you reckon he's talking in code? <clears throat> Help me. 
equal 10. At SR underscore Woody7. Grab a mirror. David Fafita for jumping ship faster than the guy that hit the propeller jumping down from the Titanic. 3.5 million should buy you and more than enough doors for you and Rose to both share. Hashtag <laughs> Seabold the Iceberg. Hashtag good decision. There was plenty of room on that door. Am I right, ladies? Equal 10. At DBM Cobber. Hey, Cobbs. This is a beauty. Grab a mirror to my old man who this week... Dead set declared that he thought Jack Johns looks a bit like Reg Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> Hashtag, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> what a cracker. Good work. Equal 10. At Troy T. Wright. Grab a mirror, Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> Your opening pitch for the Major League Baseball season was worth and worse than John Howard's attempt at leg spin. Ah, uh, wasn't it? With aim like that, you better not be injecting vaccines into anyone. Hashtag Steve Harmison. Hashtag <laughs> couldn't hit the side of a house. Hashtag sit down when you piss. Hashtag <laughs> stormtrooper accuracy. Very good, Troy. Equal 10. At MP6868. Grab a mirror, all those at Sydney Roosters, put them in it, fans, Good. for trying to defend that swapping a talented but unplayed first-grade player in Asu Kapoa <laughs> for Sonny Bill Williams doesn't stink to high heaven. Hashtag salary sombrero, hashtag SBW new car, hashtag Uncle Nick. Totally agree, but for once, West Tigers got something out of it, so I'm not <laughs> as mad as I normally would be. Equal 10. <laughs> at Graham Gadinsky. Grab a mirror at Sid Punts. Aye. And at former legend. Aye. As an ex- expat living in Melbourne, I encouraged my mates <laughs> to listen to Full Crew of the Boys last week. Bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> we encourage all Australians to listen, not you, Victoria. <laughs> because you bagged Victoria for the whole show. There's a lost opportunity for three more followers. Hashtag grab a mirror. Hashtag put a minute. Hashtag most literal city my ass. <laughs> hashtag thanks. Yeah, sorry about that. Equal 10. At Benno underscore Wallace. What's Benno got to say? Grab a mirror. People trying to rebrand the meme Karen as Quarren with a Q. Yeah, I've seen that. How dare we possibly offend people who might be named Karen? They might be worse than actual Karens with this pork chop <laughs> carry-on. Remember when people could just take a joke in stride? Hashtag, get fucked, Karen. I kind of remember those days when people would take a joke, but, jeez, it's getting longer and longer ago. Equal 10. Hopefully people uh, like period jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not bleeping it out. It's in there now. At Sam went one. What's Sammy got to say? Grab a mirror. Rhinovirus. Since the start of this stupid pandemic, you have decided to make yourself at home four times, which led to four of the most uncomfortable things right up my nose. Hashtag act like your animal names and become endangered. Hashtag up the nose and away it goes. Hashtag nasal penetration. Have you seen how far they shove oh, those? No. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> equal 10. There's a lot of equal 10s this week. At Tommy Paragraphs. Now, I think Tommy's the guy from Canada. I want to know which team to go for. Oh, yeah. Grab a mirror at Sid Punts. Hey, come on, and Tommy. at former underscore legend Ugh. for trying to pawn Tigers fandom off on me like two-bit floozy from school who wants you to join her essential oils pyramid scheme. Join us. All I know is DCE has the seagulls 
put them in it, in the top eight, and the at West Tigers, put them in it, are ninth. No, he's on my shit list. <laughs> Equal 10. I don't even want that guy to follow us. <laughs> at mgraz2005. Grab a mirror, joy arrow. The mullet is king and you'll fit right in at Redfern and Rudy Hill and St. Mary's and Penrith. Not sure how, how, but yours is more bogan than walking around with a long neck in a brown paper bag or carjacking a Chimera. Hey, how fantastic is that mullet? A cure for Corona. Hashtag no more hot chicks for you. Well, his missus Bullshit, is mate. an absolute glamour. Is she? Just, I'll are you serious? That. No. Oh, sensational. And she loves the mullet. <laughs> you know it. Chicks love mullets. Equal 10. Getting pretty sick of hitting that button with that stupid equal 10 sound. That's swinging Volandis. <laughs> Grab a mirror at Foxports AUS. Put a minute. Good. If you're not prepared to cover Australian Ninja Warrior, then you shouldn't cover other, cover other made-up sports like at AFL. Put a minute. <laughs> Hashtag be consistent. I love the made-up sports on ESPN. Oh. oh. Some of the best. Oh. Equal Cornhole. What's Cornhole's that? my favourite. Catch and kiss game or whatever it is where they run around. Yeah, that should be in there. At J underscore Dizzle 05. Grab a mirror at Brisbane Broncos. Put a minute. This isn't the at AFL. Put a minute. You can't just draw draft new talent. The at NRL. Put a minute. Isn't <laughs> communist. China. Take a leak out of at Scott Morrison MP. Put a minute. minute. Book. Have a fucking go and get a go. The IGA is a better run organisation. Hashtag put a minute. Hashtag, <laughs> well hashtag, done. Hashtag once proud. Hashtag sad Broncos are sad. Hashtag grab a mirror. I'm sick of hitting this equal 10. I'm going to do this. I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy. I get bored. I get scared. I feel ignored. I feel happy. I get silly. Beck Jugs update. It's Ooh, been a big week. I bet it has. <laughs> in the ordinary girls' week. Hasn't been an ordinary week. Let me go through so relatable. three headlines. She is so relatable. Let me go through three headlines this week. Beck Judd goes to Instagram to show off her front garden. Not as saucy <laughs> as I'd hoped for her, but she did provide several photos Some clickbait there, of a nicely trimmed bush. Did she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not what you're thinking. Huh. Uh, headline number two, Rebecca Judd, 37, outraged. Mm-hmm. What could possibly outrage this woman? Uh, it was unman- outraged. Unmanicured bush. In bold with a couple of exclamation marks. She's outraged because her radio co-host says, Beck, you're too old for TikTok. Fair call. No, you can't be too old for TikTok. Ask Dave Warner. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I follow him on TikTok. I what bet a, you do. What a shit show that is. <laughs> I bet you do. But I'd love to, I would love to see Rebecca Judd and her trim bush doing a few dances on TikTok. <laughs> I would subscribe for that. Anyway, item number three. Footy wag Rebecca Judd wears a $2,700 outfit to do some gardening at home as she proudly po- poses with a leaf blower. Is that jail talk? You dead set cannot make this shit up. There was a photo of her with a leaf blower that she then went on to say in the comments is available if you use her code. Of course it is. Of course. But that is this week's Beck Jugs update. I'm just an
Let's well, go to this. Nine. Hopefully we're at nine because I'm sick of eating ten. <laughs> From one ordinary girl to another. At Todd Greasley says, hashtag grab a mirror of the Karen who decided to be a at Michael Clark 23, put him in it, yep. and complained to Bunning staff about masks. You could have at least asked when the sausage sizzle would be back. <laughs> hashtag McMoothead, hashtag Karen Clark, hashtag I want a Bunning snag. How well did that Bunnings guy go? Oh. Uh, I would have slapped Karen. But uh, <laughs> no, he did extremely well. Eat. At Luke J 83 Hey, Luke. Grab a mirror, King Street, Newtown. Not only does it reek of mothballs, but it's clear a Lady Gillette is still yet to be discovered. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag dental floss. Hashtag cobwebs. <laughs> hashtag is that moss? Seven. <laughs> Very good. At Midley Mert. Grab a mirror. This is a bit serious, this one. Oh. At Rugby AU, put a minute. And at South Sydney Rabbitohs, put a minute even though it's still my club. The way that this Suwali signing has played out in the media is despicable for all involved. It's a 16-year-old kid. Undue pressure and public perception before a minute of footy. Guaranteed burnout, form slump, slash off-season issues. Totally agree. I'll have him at the Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, a little concerned that uh, Ned Philanders is saying he may bend the rules to allow him to make his debut. There's been other players. Ned's uh, put a few offside in the last week. There's been a lot of players held back because of that rule. SBW decisions, uh, this young kid decision, this Gus decision. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Six. At Mr. Barjas. Bargy. Hashtag Grevin Mirror, at NRL underscore Dragons. Put a minute. Good. And their fans. You don't deserve to win a game when you let Aaron Wood score a try. (laughs) (laughs) Refs folding won't ever remove that shame. Yes, I'm aware that at NRL Knights, put a minute, let Tolman score. We belong in the same shit pit. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! It's been a long time since I've been able to use that, <laughs> so I'm using it again. Five. At Latrell's advisor. Grab a mirror, me, for getting caught by the missus, giving it an itch a bit too hard Ooh. and a bit too long while watching at Ry- Rachel Riley, put her in it. <laughs> <laughs> On 8 out of 10 cats, count them. Yes! <laughs> Thanks. Told ya. Thanks at Sid Punt and at Form <laughs> Underscore Legend. Hashtag not even lingerie lowdown. Hashtag porn's less embarrassing. Hashtag slept on the couch again. Hashtag finished it off later. Ah, oh, Rachel Riley. Four. At Cyril underscore sidestep. Grab a mirror, middle-aged women filming themselves being mask holes in hardware stores, <laughs> citing the 1948... Mask holes, I like it. Citing the 1948 human rights charger. You know where you would have been in 1948? Not in a fucking hardware store. <laughs> At home pregnant with hashtag number seven. Hashtag price check on fuckwits in aisle three. I don't think it was a car 1948 charger, but we get the point. Can I have a go now? When you're ready. All right, now former... This story has done the rounds over the weekend, but it's too good not to share here. Let me give you a little backstory. A Cairns woman has reported to Channel 7 that she has been involved in a bad breakup with her partner. It happens for her. It happens. It does, mate. Of course. Not sure it does. why it's newsworthy until it took a turn this way. To seek revenge, the dumped bloke has gone around putting up her mobile number <laughs> on telegraph poles. Saying if you leave a message on this numbers answering machine in a Chewbacca voice, 
You go into the running to win a hundred bucks. Now it made for some fantastic television. Here is the news item as it appeared on Channel 7 on Friday. McCann's mother has been forced to block dozens of calls after her ex-partner allegedly took her phone number and plastered it on polls here around the CBD, telling people to call up and impersonate Chewbacca for a chance to win $100. This would be the most childish breakup I've ever had. Like... All he had to do was be mature and go, I don't love you anymore, I want to move on. The calls have been waking her and her three young children up at odd hours in the evening and they're yet to stop. Well, I'm getting phone calls at really strange hours of the night, about one o'clock till four o'clock. <laughs> oh, I won 500 bucks. <laughs> oh, why are blokes so immature, am I right, ladies? <laughs> Now, I get it. It is immature, but on the immature scales, this is epic. <laughs> Who thought of this? You are a champion. I'm in no way condoning, you know, harassing your ex-missus. Absolutely not. But a Chewbacca voice at 4 o'clock in the morning can never not be funny. <laughs> One of the great pranks and, and some great Chewy impersonations that I just played. But is it just me or does everyone, when thinking about Chewbacca, wonder... Does he have a normal dick or a lipstick one like a dog? It's a dog. It's a dog dick. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's not the first time a Chewbacca impersonator has hit the headlines. This story broke last year, I think. We may have covered off on it a little bit back in the day. But a man dressed as Chewbacca has been banned from skiing at Threadbow because his Chewbacca costume was scaring kids. Kids nowadays, former. They're soft. But the story took a few turns from here. When the man was approached by the general manager of Threadbow Alpine Village to advise him that he couldn't ski there in his chewy outfit, the man, in his own words, dropped him. (laughs) (laughs) He put on his social media, I've been banned from Threadbow for riding in a Chewbacca costume. He lost consciousness and some teeth when I dropped him when I hit him with my snowboard. I copped a headbutt to the nose and have been told to stay 15 kilometres away from Threadbow and their staff. He wasn't repentant. He's just giving a commentary on what happened. Get this. The Kuma man. Oh, yes. Of course he is. Appeared in Kuma local court with a colander on his head. Stating standard standard Kuma issue. <laughs> stating that he was a Pustafarian. This story dead set has everything. The case was adjourned when the Kuma man told the magistrate to grab a mirror and yelled out, full credit to the boys, as he was escorted out of the court. So grab a mirror, everyone that's associated with all these crazy stories, and if any creditors out there, maybe from Kuma, can tell me. <laughs> If Chewie stands up to piss or cocks his leg, I would greatly appreciate it. Three. <laughs> it's the age-old question, former. At NQC underscore Jono. Grab a mirror Karen from the Bunnings mask video, <laughs> whose grasp of constitutional law makes Dennis DeNudo look like <laughs> the, the Chief Justice of the High Court. Hashtag, it's the vibe. In summing up, it's... The Constitution, it's Marbo, it's justice, it's law, it's the vibe, and uh, 
No, that's it. It's the vibe. I rest my case. Two. At Bobo, I-E, M-C squared. <laughs> Bo McElwain. <laughs> grab hey, a bro. Mirror, grab a mirror me for jumping straight onto Lingerie Lowdown channel on YouTube and forgetting that the telly has my YouTube account linked to it. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> all over my recommended videos. Hashtag eight... <laughs> Hashtag eight-year-old jump straight on. Hashtag told the missus I was researching gifts. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag I will be here to at former legend. Absolutely, you do. One. What got number one this week, former? At at Hawk underscore Hawkins one one seven. Hey, Hawky Hawkins. Daniel Walker. Grab a mirror. The bloke who drove past me while I walked home with my full credit of the boys membership bag and yelled, nice handbag, fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Kuma hotspot. <laughs> Hashtag members lives matter. <laughs> Hashtag jealous non-member. <laughs> we all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your It's not always smooth sailing, <laughs> being a full credit to the boys member, even in a little hometown hotspot like Kuma. <laughs> hometown hotspot, capital city of full credit to the boys. Yeah, I think point. so. All right, it's time for this. NRL round preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. Yes, it's NRL round 12. And of course, every week when we preview the NRL round, we get this bloke on. He's the stat man. It's the much trimmed. Uh, he's had his garden <laughs> shaved. Uh, Most Andrew, like Beck Judds. Beck Judds. He's got his bush shaved uh, <laughs> with his leaf blower or something. <laughs> Um, it's uh, Andrew Ferguson from Rugby League Project from Fergo and the Freak Podcast. And, of course, you can find him on Twitter at Andrew RLP. How are you going, brother? Man, I'm like a bollard. <laughs> Proud and the wind's blowing around it. <laughs> uh, if only our listeners could have heard the conversation we all had off air a minute ago. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Let's um, get let's get down to the footy talk, eh? Form is filthy. Yeah. Is it round twelve, Andrew? It is round twelve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we begin on Thursday night, of course, boys, and it's um all the traditional rivals. If it's not the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, it's St George and the Rabbitohs. They play out there at Cogra Jubilee. It's the Dragons two dollars forty five with Blue Bet. It's a South Sydney Rabbitohs, $1.55, of course, with Bluebet. Andrew, what are the stats saying here, mate? Wayne Bennett has only won half of his games against sides he used to coach, which is down from his overall win record of 61.8%. Hmm. Well, you don't is... get those stats anywhere else. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there what you are you, go. What are you thinking, mate? I'm going to go with Rabbitohs, but I don't think this is going to be a, uh, a close game or a good one to watch for that matter either. Yeah, I'm actually... Uh... Going to have a rough punt on this game. Yeah. And I'm going the upset. St. George. I'm going the Dragons as well. I have nothing to rely uh, to base that on. As long as the video ref doesn't stuff stuff up. Muck the, it up within the, the third top minute. Five minutes. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they get the rub of the green this time. But, but yeah, St. George in an upset. Think, you won't hear me say that often. 
I think it will be uh, close, as you said, mate. Um, Friday night, and it's the West Tigers taking on the New Zealand Warriors. It's $1.15, the West Tigers, and $5.50, uh, the Warriors with Bluebet. I hate no, that. No good when the Tigers are short favourites. No. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? Uh, the Tigers have won seven of their last nine games against the Warriors in Australia, including the last four straight, with an average scoreline of 30 to 16. Also, the Warriors have never won at the SCG. Yeah, why are we playing at the SCG? Does anyone know? I don't understand. I no saw idea. that the other day. I don't know. It's just it's very confusing. It's a crazy mixed up one of our, draw. One of our 19 home this games. Year. <laughs> yeah. um, what are you thinking, mate? I'm going Tigers. Yeah, 100% I'm going the Tigers. I think we're, we've been building very well. Madge Maguire has got us like we're Olympians. We're going to taper right at the end and we're going to flog the Warriors. If not, we're screwed. I'm a bit worried about this game. I've got to be honest. Well, and only because two reasons. I, I think that six o'clock Friday night game throws up a few furfies. Half their team just left and went back to eat white bait and lolly cake. <laughs> Did they? They played all last week. Um, yeah, true. And $5.50 for the Warriors. I don't like it when we're such short favourites against them at $1.15. I'm going to go to the Tigers. Uh, go go to the Warriors, you weak prick. I'm frightened. Um, <laughs> well, for, and unusually, the second game on a Friday night features the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, good. They real, need a leg up. <laughs> real blockbuster here. It's the Broncos taking on the Cronulla Sharks. $2.35, the Broncos, who have won one game in like seven years or something. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks are $1.60 with Bluebet. $2.35, the Broncos, as I said, with Bluebet. Andrew, what are the stats? Uh, since the competition resumed in round three, the Broncos have scored eight points and conceded 94 on Friday night. <laughs> Andrew Fafita and Aaron Woods have scored eight points between them in the last three weeks. <laughs> what about Woodsy? What a champion. Barging over for a try this week. So what are you thinking, mate? I'm going for the Sharks. I wouldn't be surprised if they put 40 on them. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Um, I reckon he's going to... Cross again this week. The Sharks will beat the Broncos. Sharks got a lot more to play for. And um, he's coming along nicely, aren't they? Yeah. They're going I said nicely. it a couple of weeks ago. They're my smoky. Yeah. The first game on Saturday, it's the Sydney Roosters. Uh-oh. Against the Gold Coast Titans. Get this with Bluebet. five if you like the Roosters. But if you like the Titans, $10. Wow. <laughs> that's right. 10 bucks. That's not with... That's not giving away start. That's on the money. I'm going Titans 13 plus. What's that? <laughs> 100,000. Mate, you can have part of the Taj Mahal, I believe. Uh, Andrew, what do the stats say? The last time the Roosters lost back-to-back games at the SCG in the regular season was in 1985. Yeah. And they have had recent form at the SCG. They'll be cheering mm. going back. I don't know why West Tigers are going there, but I know why the Roosters go back there. You don't think there's any chance of an upset, do you, mate? No, none at all. No, I agree. I mean, the Titans have been honest, but... They were good this week. Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them uh, worrying the Roosters too much. No, Roosters will win comfortably. Uh, The second game on Saturday, well, it's the Taumalolo Cowboys, and they're taking on the Canberra Raiders. $3.15, the Taumalolo Cowboys with blue bet. $1.36, the Raiders. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? The Cowboys are undefeated when playing against the Raiders on August the 1st. How many times? One. <laughs> For all the punters out there, you got to take that on board. Revealing stats. Take it to the bank. <laughs> take it to the bank. <laughs> what are you? Who are you backing? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going the Raiders as well. 
Don't tell me you're thinking about it. I'll you look the, like you're thinking about it. I'll go to the Raiders, but I'm not confident at all. Um, Interesting. The third game on Saturday. They were good last week, the Cows. They were. They, they were. were. They were honest. But they should be. They've got a good team. And they're playing up there. That's the thing. That's Go, what. change your tip then. I'm going the Cowboys. Um, Manly Warringah. I bet you you don't by Friday. But anyway. Well, how much do you want a bit? Nothing. Uh, Manly Warringah Seagulls are taking on the Penrith Panthers, the final game on Saturday. Manly are $2.45 with bluebet.com.au. Penrith Panthers are $1.55. The latter leaders, Andrew, stats. The last time Penrith played Manly, the week after they beat the Titans, the Panthers won 36-6 at Brookvale. Hmm. What are you thinking? I'm I'm not sure on this one. Manly have shown so far this year that it, without Trebojevic, Tom Trebojevic there, they'll either beat a, a contender or they'll lose on absolute misery side. So totally I don't know agree. what they're going to do here. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'll go I totally agree Penrith. with that. I think Penrith, but this is a danger game. And it's not a danger game for the Panthers that sit at the top of the ladder. They can afford to drop these games. It's This is a danger game for the Tigers. Manly need to lose this so that Tigers can make the eight. But this is one that Manly could jag. But I'm still going the Panthers. I'm going the Panthers. I think they they look good. I'm still, I think they're still carrying too many injuries, uh, the Seagulls. Yeah. Um, but the Panthers are as well. They're expecting a lot back this week, I guess. Well, it's the high-flying Canterbury Bulldogs taking on Parramatta Eels on the first game on Sunday. $6, the Bulldogs, coming off a huge win, uh, $1.13, the Parramatta Eels. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? Mitch Moses has kicked 32 goals from 34 attempts against the Bulldogs. He missed a goal in 2014 and one in 2017, so he's due for another miss this year. <laughs> I don't know that, how we get a winner out of that stat, but um, who do you think is going to win, mate? Parramatta comfortably. Look, as much as I want to hear the Bulldogs' new theme song... I don't think they're going to win this week. It was a bad song by Yaz and the Plastic Population, and it's not got any better. It's a cracker. It's a work in progress. Sid and the Wooden Population. But I think Parramatta's going to win. Parramatta will do it easy. Uh, and final, the final game for round 12 sees the Melbourne Storm take on the Newcastle Knights. The Storm are $1.18. The once high-flying Knights are $4.85, all with Bluebed, of course. Andrew, what are the stats saying, mate? Uh, last weekend, Cameron Smith brought up his 302nd win. It's taken the night since round three, 1995, to achieve the same. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, Storm, and I think they might do it easy too. Yeah, I think I mentioned it earlier. The Storm, well, the Knights are in all sorts of trouble I'm with gonna, injuries. going to hide a little whisper here, and it's only a whisper, and I told yeah, you. I know what you're going to say. told you during the week. Someone tells me from up north that they are, or they did investigate, or are investigating, depending on how you look at it, if things get much worse, they've told Danny Badiris to stay fit. That's all I'll say. I wasn't sure you were going to mention his name. Yep. That's a a massive scoop. They are in a lot of trouble. They are. McCulloch went off and his replacement went off. They're both out for the year. They've got some kid I haven't really, I don't really know a lot about, but I do know. They were high-flying a couple of weeks ago and how it turned on that game. Yep, but it it was mentioned. Um, who are you backing? Yeah, Storm. 
yeah, storm for mine as well, mate. I honestly think we'll see the Knights drop now, unfortunately, for all you Knights fans, unless Danny Badiris can come back and work some miracles. <laughs> Mate, if, I, if Badaris gets injured, does that mean Robbie McCormick's the next in line? <laughs> <laughs> what about McCulloch back to the Broncos now? On a busted leg. Jeez, they were they were cheering. If you were McCulloch, him out. If you McCulloch, would you head straight back to Queensland and say thanks for your time, boys? <laughs> There's no COVID up here. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. See you around. Interesting um, point. Interesting. Now, talking of blue bet, they're throwing money around like drunken sailors at the moment. At you, mate. Shooting. They want me. <laughs> They want me to win. And I've had a couple of, I've pinched a couple of them during the year, but I'm in a bit of a dry spell. But uh, let's see this week. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke said punt. And for all you other haters out there, it's a rough punt for a reason. I try and get a bit of value for you people. Now they want to push and when the. It, when so- it comes off. You get paid. They want to push the same game multi, so we're going to look at the first game of the weekend. Thursday, Saints versus Souths. And as you and I discussed, we think St. George can upset South Sydney. Not without hope. Not without hope at all. So the same game multi that I'm going in on Thursday night, Dragons to win the match. Yep. Duffman. Duffman. Oh, yeah. To uh, score a try anytime. $2.25. Whether he knocks it on over the line or the video ref takes it off him. Officially, if he scores a try anytime. And we're going under 41.5 points total for the game. Hopefully it rains. $1.90, that is. It will be a combined rough punt, $9.50 on your Thursday night. Why wouldn't you get on it? Get on it. I'm due. Get on with Bluebet. Now, just before we uh, get back to you, Andrew, Bluebet uh, pushed something on uh, On Saturday. Had a promotion on Saturday. What was it? It was for a whole bunch of merch. Um, I got sucked into it because I love a punt (laughs) on the horses. And uh, they're they're probably going to do it again this Saturday, thanks to all the uh, creditors that jumped on it. All you got to do is use the hashtag from Bluebet on the Saturday morning. Your best bet of the day. So... Whichever one gets up at the highest odds, you win a whole bunch of merch from Bluebet and you take home the dollars on offer. Ah. That's a great it's a great punt. Why not? not Costs you bad. nothing. Now, Andrew, uh, the podcast this week, how many episodes have we racked into? You're up to 204 last week. Where are we up to now? Yeah, we're, um, I think we've got about three or four lined up to pump out this week <laughs> so far. You got any uh, any epics, mate, or just the fifteen minute uh, spots spot fires that you've been pumping out recently? Oh no, we'll we'll do a bit of everything. We'll put a few five minute ones, a few three hour ones. You know, we'll just go whatever the hell we want, mate. You won't have a hair left on your body looking after your sponsors. The amount of podcasts you, you chuck out, <laughs> we pluck an eyebrow soon. You look like uh, Doctor Evil's cat. <laughs> Actually, I could shave the cat, couldn't I? There you go. <laughs> 
Uh, don't forget, you can um, help Andrew out with his uh, website, Rugby League Project. A great resource. All seriously, all seriousness, a great rugby league resource. Donate on his Patreon page. Uh, it's down the left-hand side on the menu there. Help a brother out. Um, I know plenty of professionals are actually using that site lately. Absolutely, they are. Um, Andrew, uh, you're on Twitter at Andrew RLP. You're only taking uh, nude ball bag shots now. You're, um, you've moved on from the hairy ones. Correct, yes. <laughs> but you're wearing a mask while you do it because you're down there. Well, yeah, I want, to, I want to make sure we're, we're all nice and clean and safe down here. <laughs> All right, brother, we will talk to you next week. Uh, stay safe down there in Victoria. We know it's a land full of germs and not much else. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> See you, mate. See you. And, of course, thanks to Bluebet. NRL Round Preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. All right, let's do this. Drop the sound, open the sound, empty the sound. The boys sack. Boys sack, mail and feedback time. A couple of things, just a little bit of um, uh, garden. Housekeeping. Housekeeping while we're on our way out. Just trimming your bush. Yeah, I'm going to trim my bush all right with my leaf blower. Um, (laughs) Use the code to get a discount. (laughs) So relatable. so relatable. Um, uh, the tipping comp. Oh, of course you'd bring that up. Sucks dick. And uh, Oh, what have you dropped down? Yeah, a couple. Um, You're still in the I top went, five, aren't you? I went you? to Cowboys. I was in the church of Tamalolo on the weekend and thought, I'm going to go to the Cowboys yeah. as an upset. Big mistake. You let your heart and heart on yeah. rule your uh, brain. I let all that team, that team with blokes with three names beat us. But anyway, whatever. Um, well, I'm up to 105th, so that's good. Good news. With, yeah. With a bullet, I believe. Yeah, I picked the West Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, there's a new review on iTunes. You want to read it? Yeah. Uh, this review says that f- full credit to the boys is better than listening to Anasta, which is probably true. Well, we've got something for you in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, five stars. Former and Sid provide great entertainment and a level of expertise. That even Paul McGregor would be jealous of. The only thing worse than the Dragons' demise this year, given up a bit early. No, I think it's accurate. We'll be in the weeks after the grand final when my weekly fix stops. Thanks for a great show, lads. That was from uh, Juan Farkall, who has been a long term listener. Long term listener. First time. Drove my car when I was blind. Oh, that is true. <laughs> he drove you home from a live show. He's a great fella. Great um, fella. And that, that is pretty accurate. Um, so when he says uh, it's better listening to us than uh, Braith and Asta. Very, very harsh. He was actually at it again former this week. <laughs> Dr. Braith. People think I make this shit up. Is he and not? I, the... well, let, he, let's be the judge. Who knows? Severe. Hamstring injury. Now he's he'd be lucky to get back this year. I'm no doctor, but I mean it's quite obvious it's a, it's a bad one. No, apparently he's not a doctor. But there are numbers left, so that's good news. <laughs> what else have we got to say before we knock off? Uh, uh, Footy jerseys. Oh yeah, we've got. Uh, what do we got? We've got a few left. We've just not chuck, many. Just chuck some up on the. Um, not many, if any. On the online shop, it's fullcrewtheboys.bigcartel.com. Look Ooh. at you go. Yeah, um, there's uh, probably six, eight 
maybe 10. And but it's up on the... Uh, that's about as many uh, membership packs that has left as well. Yeah, that's true. Comes so, with a beautiful handbag. <laughs> <laughs> so the few people in Kuma that do not yet have a membership pack <laughs> or a jersey... Ask yourself why. If you're going to match your cooler bag, you've got to match it with a jersey. So go out and buy the last few footy jerseys that are available. They're very slimming. Well, they are, but they've also... They're roomy enough that if you put a few COVID kilos on, yes. these things will hide them and hide them well. Yeah, we've already spoken to someone that we're sending one and they're like, yeah, you better go. Better go a bit bigger. <laughs> Shout out to you, Fletch. Yeah, hey, Fletch. It's on its way, bro. <laughs> you tubby bastard. <laughs> not you, High Marsh. We're not sending you one. <laughs> uh, or you, Victoria. <laughs> um, anything else? Nah, that's about it. Well, as I've always said, I like big butts. I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in <laughs> with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, good night. Good night. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Want to pull up tough because you notice that butt was Baby, am I gonna see some action?